are not ready for prime time. Prime time. Prime time. Prime time. That's the name. Prime time. Prime time. What time is it? Showtime prime time. It's XL Prime Time featuring Joe C. Why in the world am I sitting back and being quiet about this? Matt Hayes. That's not how it works. Mia O'Brien. Should I laugh? Should I not laugh? And Leon Searcy. This is a big boy league. Noon hour is here. Aaron Rodgers is out. We've got all sorts of NFL chatter that's out there. It was a busy day yesterday with the quarterback news. And we got more guys hauling A out of Gainesville. Another another coach leaves Billy Napier and company. So we will get into that as we go along today. It is a Thursday. It's time for the Modelo Yellow. Uh, but I, w- I do want to start off with we're going to do a little beer conversation, but then also a little roughing it conversation because the details of Aaron Rodgers coming out of the darkness, eh, you know, we're, we're, we're looking for a reaction as to what he did. He's not going to give us everything, but just as far as the details are concerned, it's not the roughest experience anything any anyone has ever gone through. So we'll get into it today and ask you for the roughest that you've been through. But I don't know. I just texted it to my mom yeah. and I was like, I, you know, cause she kept saying as a, as a big yoga fan, she yeah. was like, Oh, I would love that. And I'm yeah. like, would you really? 300 square feet of space? Yeah, four days. It's the four days, okay? One day, you'd be, I think, just be going bananas, okay? And guess what? In that honor, I'm not going into a four-day retreat. I'm just going to go, and start my four-day weekend. That's what I'm going to do instead of a four-day retreat. So you couldn't spend time by yourself four days by yourself? One day. One day. Yeah, one day. Really? <laughs> I don't, no way. You don't, you don't like yourself? I do. I love myself. All that's right. My, I'm I, just saying, that, that's all he was doing was spending time with himself, but, but I love by my, himself. I love myself being out there, you know, being oh, out okay. there. Uh, uh-huh. now, it's, all right, so here's the thing. He is man, man, Joe is now. a fear of missing out guy. Yeah, uh, he's a man of the people. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm not necessarily a FOMO guy, but I do like being in it. You know, I, <laughs> okay. I, He likes I, being in the know. Yeah. What's the 411? What's all the hot gossip? Name that movie. Yeah, I actually don't know. I should know. Mean Girls. Oh, okay. Well, darn it. How did I miss that one? All right. Uh, Please don't don't ever bring that up again, ever on this show, okay? (laughs) So, 300 square feet of space, queen-size bed, bathroom, meditation mat, fully powered. He could have turned the lights on whenever he wanted to. We don't know whether he did or not. He went to a resort is what he did. Exactly. You know what? Just turn the lights off. Was this beachfront? He's on a queen bed? Yeah, queen bed. And the lights were available to him, so we don't know whether he turned them. Like, if I uh, guarantee the bedding was immaculate. I too. would tell, like, I, I tell my boys from American Electrical right now, go, you know, disconnect, take the breakers out, and then, and then I can prove to you that, you know, that I was by myself in this habit-like uh, situation. So the dude was supposed to bring him a meal, or actually, I think it was two meals every day, and so he would drop that off. A day's worth of meals is how it's described. Uh, through a two-way hey. wooden door. Wait a minute, he had concierge service. He did. He had Stop <laughs> it, bro. Listen, I thought he is... was roughing it. That's not right. No, it, this is a getaway. Again, a like getaway. Matt, Matt discovered. They money for Yes, this. this darkness retreat. It's a thing you pay for, Leon. They charge money for this minimalist Not with concierge service. Yeah, I gotta exactly. be, I mean, I'm sorry. I mean, I gotta be, now, I'm, I'm starting to side now with Taylor Dahl with Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. come on. Yeah, what I'm over. Think he was going to go live I'm under over, a bridge. Man. No, I'm saying, but if you if you if you're doing all this in the darkness and everything like that, and people bring you food, no, roughing it is like go naked. To a cabin. It's like I, naked I, and afraid. Right. All well, right. I, I, here's what I, I thought naked it was and afraid. Be. I need you to go that's out there. Yeah, that that's what I'm I thought it was going to be like yeah. a Tibetan hut or something. You know, he's basically in a hotel room, right? Yeah, he's yeah. loving it right now. All right, so kidding me. On that note, on that note, you can hit the text line. 
designed by Lifetime Enclosures, the roughingest roughing it you've ever oh, had. I got easy. How about okay. growing up? It's a lot harder than that for him. I well, yeah, but that's a lifetime of that's a lifetime of torture. about as no dog. You always go back to your child. No What's one's the, a victim. Bro, like we had Matt. no AC in my house. Oh, when I was here up. we go. Here <laughs> we didn't. I don't know what to tell you, man. We didn't. You had a fan in the window. Everybody had a fan in the window. Stop. No, I didn't. Even the poorest. No, I didn't. Even the poorest of poor people had a fan in the window. We did not have the fan in the window. We had air conditioning in the downstairs. The upstairs, which we built, okay? Yeah. By hand. No, it yeah. was by hand, too. No, it was, it was. My of dad, course it was by hand. Of course. I'm telling you right now, it all right, was. All right, go ahead. So the upstairs had no air conditioning. Oh, yeah. No, no heat, no nothing. But you could go downstairs and get some air people. No, 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 no. Why? Here's the funny thing. My, my brothers and I, we used to lay down on the floor because we had the terrazzo floors. Yeah. In the beach, you know, they have these old terrazzo floors. It's like concrete. It is concrete. It's like. Finished concrete. You yeah. know what I'm talking yeah. about, right, Joe? I, I had terrazzo so, floors one of so our we last used houses to, with the parents. We, ha- we lived upstairs. The girls lived downstairs because the girls are, you know, about the boys, yeah, right? Gotcha. So we used to come downstairs and at night, it's so hot, and lay down on the floor on the terrazzo floor because it was so cold. Mm-hmm. And my dad would get so, get back up there. And we'd go right back up there, like sweating and, you know. Yeah, so, so uh, separate, believe me. I mean, you were young. I, I mean, how much? worse conditions how much, than Aaron Rodgers, How much okay? did you per? How much did you Perspiration did you have as a young boy? Sweat, like, like a grown ass man. Yeah, yeah. It, I'm telling you right yeah, now, yeah, man, it's hot. Okay, hot is hot, bro. All right, so the yeah. the roughingest roughing it you've ever done outside I of mean, your childhood. Outside so your childhood, yeah. you know, because I mean, no, heat, no one's had it harder than that. <laughs> I know, no like, one. Is I'm not, not saying that. Oh, I'm saying I, I mean, I tell the heat story. Is heat, bro. Yeah, I, I tell the story of mine. <laughs> mine looks like I was royalty. I was part of the royal family uh, compared to some of the stuff that he went th- that he went through. All right, so. Six four one ten ten. You can hit the uh, text line. Design by Lifetime Enclosures. The roughingest roughing it you've ever done. So I- I'm just thinking of you know times when we would go camping, and I'm thinking of times when we would go to the hunting camp and and stuff like that, and what you were left with as far as eating, and and you know some of those types of of of, of situations. But I have never set out to where I'm going to go four days without in seclusion, without seeing anybody. Like I had buddies that paid for an Alaskan hunting trip. And they would they went up there, so it's not like they were poor, okay? An Alaska hunting trip, yeah. they were not poor, yeah. and so they were taken, but they were dropped yeah. off in the wilderness where they had to basically slum it out there by themselves. Rich people like to do this. Yeah, it's they, crazy. They like to like go on a poor adventure. Well, they for almost. A while. I mean, it was it got to the point where there was too much fire water being uh, consumed, <laughs> and then someone drank someone else's fire water, and there was almost a situation. Wow. Uh, because remember, there were firearms and fire water, and so anyway, that that led to all sorts of things. But they shot a caribou. And basically had to drag it out, and then the helicopter guy would come in, take it, and then he would leave. And they were left still out there, and, and they reached a point where they're like, all right, we're ready to be done with this. No, you had to stay out there. And so if you have any of those, just How hit long us was that? Uh, I, I think it was in the neighborhood of maybe like, say, six days, something Whoa, like that. Okay. Fairly long, like not a That's a long week, time to be sleeping on the ground. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that, that's, a, that's a decent amount of time. So- Six four one ten ten. The roughing is roughing it. You've so ever this done. Is awesome. this, is huh? this is pretty good, man. All right, give it to the me. Seven five five asked if there was conjugal visits allowed. Yeah, exactly. For, Over a four day period, I don't know. Uh, we called him the Don Draper of the NFL, so I got to believe that that was allowed. Uh, someone not and it's like completely <clears throat> black. Dark, yeah. like you don't know pitch who black else is dark. In there? You don't know who it is even. <laughs> well, here's the thing. Oh. 
All right, here's guarantee the thing. there were windows in that room. It all, yeah, because no, it it's says, a darkness retreat. Yeah, yeah well. but it says partially underground structure, See? and it says 300 square feet of space, and it doesn't say that it is completely hidden from light, and that basically whatever light does come in. That's there. It's natural. Can someone explain to me? I I am so ignorant about square footage. Mm -hmm. How big are we talking? Uh, Hotel room. uh, Fifteen by a lot bigger than I thought. Yeah. Fifteen by twenty is what you're talking about. Mm -hmm. Basically the size of this room right here. Oh like a little bit like a little bit smaller than a two car garage. He's living life. Luxuriously. Yes. Yeah. By the way, the name of his darkness retreat is Sky Cave. Sky Cave. I'm, Sky oh, Cave. I'm looking it up. In Southern Oregon. I'm looking it up right now. And they probably charge high dollars for yes, this. Yes, hundreds of acres of forested land. Yeah. Uh, so sounds, you can also go outside. One no, on the, uh, but you can't. <laughs> one on social, <laughs> one on social media. Sounds, sounds like an apartment in Hell's Kitchen. Well, I just uh, love this specific description. Um, he spent his time in a partially underground hobbit-like structure yeah. with 300 square feet of space devoid yeah. of light. Queen bed bathroom meditation like Matt. Fully powered. The lights can be turned on oh, from yeah, inside Give me a break. Room. I'm looking at it right now. There's three dark rooms and it's booked for the next 18 months. Uh, yeah, Would you live in that, Leon? For like six months? If Seven it's more booked. rooms are planned yeah, to help man. accommodate I mean, growing demand. Yeah. How much is it? I might, I might have to take a visit. Yeah, if it's booked, that's all you need it's to know. It's an Airbnb. Months? That's what it is. Okay, gotcha. To One be dude fair, said like, the really? rooms they do have a look nice a lot website. more like minimalist. Yeah, than, it is. That's probably what it is more than anything there's else. There's nothing going on in the room. It's not minimalist. Yeah, one guy goes, uh, when, when my, my apartment <laughs> when I lived in Chicago for grad school was 308 square feet. I'll never forget that number. During the winter, it was devoid of light. To maximize space, I lived on a futon that doubled as a twin bed. And so those are things that you probably could this, compare. This, oh, this, this is like this stuff right here. It's better than like dorm rooms in college. Yeah. You got to be kidding. And me. I I remember going back to college when I really truly was. By the way, and I upgraded that dorm room in college. Okay? I was scrounging for cents and dollar bills to have something to buy food with. So that was my minimalist roughing roughingest roughing that I've ever had. Oh yeah. But that's it. Yeah. My rough, my roughness had to be my rookie year in Pittsburgh. Mm-hmm. We were in Latrobe. We were at Latrobe University, and I had to share my room, half the room with a. Uh, uh, Justin Strauss, God bless him, but he was the most disgusting human being you could ever come across. So, I mean, he, he wouldn't comb his hair. He was a biker, mustache. He would have food all in his mustache. He'd be sleeping in the bed in his, in his tidy whities and just picking his toenails. And I was like, oh, and, and, and we had, we had, man's man here. We, right? had, we had little cocks, we had little, little beds right next to each other, little, little full size beds right next to each other. And it, oh, it was the most disgusting experience ever. What's oh. his name? It was Justin Strauss. He passed away about about. Bro, when I when I was not to speak when I worked in the newspaper. (laughs) Oh, I loved him, but I hated him as a roommate. As a roommate, (laughs) when I worked in the newspaper, we'd go on the road to cover an event. Oh boy, I know where this is going. Shared rooms. Yeah. Oh, you shared rooms. Oh yeah. Oh, that's the, re- that's the reason why you were so upset when we took that trip. Grown like, men, shared room. Yeah, okay. Yeah, we, gotcha. we used to do that, too. That was yeah, just regular. That's, yeah, regular. Real, that's real life I stuff, man. Want to talk about I got, suffering? I got, that's I real some, life stuff. No, you don't have suffering that I got. Oh, trust me. Oh, 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 my. You yeah, do not have I was going to say. No one does. We, we know, have no, Joe knows. Stories. Joe knows the suffering oh, that I have, okay? I just want you all listening out there. I don't want to say it publicly because, you know. Yes, because I want all of you listening out there to do process of elimination. If Matt worked at the Florida Times Union in the 1990s. You can do the math who his bunkmate may have who, been. And then who I might have roomed with on the road. You can do the math and, and figure right. that out as well. Right. Uh, but 
the thing was is that is that you you had like Bianchi threw me a life preserver once in, in Super Bowl week, and he pulled me out and said, "Just come over." and And we went up into the uh, you know the suite area of uh, of the Marriott in Atlanta. Anyway, I had a snoring problem, and so Bianchi came in one day and just threw a bottle of Afrin at me and said, take this now, right now, or I'm putting you back over in that other room with that other room so, that you had. Real quick, this is the classic story. Bianchi and I, at the time, Junior again, yeah. sharing a room again. We're in Kentucky, in Lexington. Florida's playing Kentucky. We go to the hotel. We go to our room. We open the room, open the door, and Jeremy Foley's secretary, Former executive assistant, whatever you, whatever you yeah. want to call executive assistant. Sorry, I don't mean to, you know. Mm-hmm. Than anyone. She said, what are you guys doing? You're in my room. And we're like, no, this is our room. She said, no, this is my room. So we go back to the front desk, the Griffin Gate Marriott, Lexington, mm-hmm. this you know, posh resort. The home of the program. Mm-hmm. So we go back there. They have no more rooms left. So Bianca, said, well, what are you gonna? she goes, oh, I do have one room. It's a, it's a single. So we're like, all right, a single. You just go in there. It's probably a couple queens, right? We go in there, open the door. The door opens, okay? And it's literally... One single bed. A single. It's like I heard the planes, trains, and automobiles music in my head as I was doing that. And I look at we look at each other and we're like, okay. We literally flipped for the mattress or the box spring. And thank God I won it. I got the mattress. <laughs> yeah. uh, it, that, that, I, that's, that's, I mean, that's, that's reality of it, man. I can right. safely say that that has only ever happened to me once, and I did not have to bunk it with anybody. Why? Um, it was in Rochester, Minnesota for the final four for Division Three. But what was most interesting, because it was similar, it was just the single bed, and that was it in the room. Mm-hmm. But there was a bathroom, but you had to, like, take two steps up, and there was just a toilet and an open shower with no shower curtain. Y'all could have just <laughs> shared the bed, man. Bro, it was a single. Like a twin. Well, one at the head and one at the foot. <laughs> that doesn't work because it's still – there's no difference there. Everything's still the same. You can tell the truth. I shared the bed. Just go and tell yeah. it. Yeah, Bianchi did not have tidy whiteies, by the way. Now, okay. Well, other guys. Now we are. Yeah. Now we are finding a couple of other guys that you know. <laughs> I hear yeah. some of them really love to get close to the television too. I've heard well, that story. Well, before. it's also like the like the Leon. You know, Leon brought up tidy whiteies and clipping toenails, and I lit. I like started to get a shiver down my back. <laughs> <laughs> clipping toenail, toenails. And I looked up a picture of this guy too. Wow. One of the great scenes. Oh. Your, your roommate. Out. Your yeah. roommate. Oh, Leon. Justin. Yeah. Yeah, he was a great guy, man. Yeah, except that floppy hair. I could just except, see that huge beard, yeah. that gut. Oh, and he used to eat. He used to eat a sandwich, and then the crumbs would be all on his beard. And he would, <laughs> and I come in there, you know, and I'm a rookie, and I, I'm a, he's a veteran guy, so you can't say nothing. You know, you just gotta take it. Eleventh round draft pick. Yeah, yeah, he was eleventh round. So, so Chris Harry, a friend of the station, he's on the yep. show a lot. He's FloridaGators.com. FloridaGators.com. Yep. He loves to tell the story how I used to beg him to stay out at night. Like literally 2.30 in the morning, I would beg him, to, one more beer. Just one more, please. Not because I needed the beers. I just wanted to stay out later. That's all. Yeah. So you could be- Away from the hotel. Yeah. yeah. Away just, from the, I just the roommate. To, I just wanted to stay out later. That's well, all. One of the classic stories, we're at uh, one of the meetings, spring meetings, whatever it is, and, and there were three of us, and we were splitting room, and it was going to be double beds and a cot. And ended up being a king size bed, so we were able to get a cot. So one person was gonna have to sleep on the floor. They were gonna have to bunk together, and I was not interested in bunking together with anybody. You know, I'd, I'd probably sleep on the floor anyway. We coin flipped and said, "Okay, we're gonna go back. Maybe one of us will, will hit the bed with the with you know with the other individual, 
and you know you'll get the cot. We walked in, and Lamb is sprawled completely across the bed, hands, of he is. hands, you know, about six feet wide, covering the entire sheetage <laughs> of the bed. And I looked at my buddy, and I said. You got the floor, I got the cot. I mean, that's basically as simple I mean, uh, as look, it got. Honestly, I, I, I mean, people could be saying the same thing about me, the guys that I roomed with at the time, Gina. I have no idea. Yeah. The text line is wondering why they didn't roll a cot in for you, Matt. Yeah. Especially if this was such a posh it was, hotel it was, in Lexington, the home of the program. Well, it was completely packed. Like, everyone, not only was the team staying there, but fans were staying there. Right. And it, it was, the entire hotel was packed. Yeah. We literally had, we flipped. I kid you not, we flipped a quarter for the All right, listen the to this. The, listen to this. This is unbelievable. Uh, off the text line designed by Lifetime Enclosures, my roughing it was a result of Hurricane Frederick that hit Mobile. We had to sleep outside on the front lawn for 17 nights, along mm. with no water for 22 days. Wow. Spent days cutting trees, cleaning up while sleeping outside at night. Uh, September heat, humidity included. Uh, Steven, bro, that is not an easy situation to get through. Uh, so we salute you. My gosh, man. And, and the cleanup. I, I hope we never, ever have to go anything through like that up here. But, yeah, that, that is some hellish stuff right there. Some oh. of these folks on the text line are nooners. We love you guys to death. However, some of these trips, the survival trips that we're seeing <laughs> – um, God bless. This one's courtesy of Brett in Mandarin. Yeah. My best friend and I went on a 50-mile backpacking trip in the Appalachian Trail in Georgia once. The temperature at night was between 8 and 14 degrees. I had the flu, but initially thought it was a cold, full-blown flu second night in. My buddy accidentally got water in his boot <coughs> trying to filter water from a creek. His uh, toes turned white. We uh, ended up desperately walking nearby dirt roads and hitchhiking back to our vehicle the first time I likely could have died. Yeah, well, I, I mean, also, also, said, I, I want to make this very clear. These also, military guys, we're not comparing yeah. ourselves to these military yeah. guys, oh all right? God. You guys are going yeah. way worse. Well, one time no I way. did have to, I went on a trip through a Burmese forest mm -hmm. because um, I I used to buy clothes for this company I worked at, mm -hmm. and I bought this crazy like Russian hat. Thank you, George. Costanza. And I, yeah. I I had to get my boss to sign off on it, uh -huh. so I had to go to Burma and. It was, it was wild. It was wild. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's really I the only way it. to describe she it. She got it, though. That was yeah, pretty yeah, quick. Yeah. I think she picked up on, on that one. Burmese, no. JJ, come yeah. on. It was actually Elaine. It was actually Elaine. It was Elaine. Yeah. I've known the man for four years. Yeah. I know well. Scott from Lake Asbury, back to Aaron Rodgers, wants to know, how do you poop and pee in the dark, oh, in the darkness retreat? Yeah. Good question. Yeah, they did say it was a bathroom, a queen, and a cot, or a, a meditation mat. So, yeah. Well, I mean, don't you like... You do that all the time at your house, right? In the middle yeah. of the night. You, yeah, there, there, there's a bathroom up. there. Yeah, so man, that he had indoor I plumbing. I use my phone, though. Yeah, the light on my phone when I wake up. Do you? And he had yeah. lights. You don't trust yourself. Do you? yeah, exactly. No, because I live with a girl now. Yeah. Back oh, in the day, I would back just in the let day, it fly. You just, just let it fly. <laughs> yeah. So Clean for what it's worth, I'm looking at the picture of the darkness <laughs> retreat, and I will say Clean this. <laughs> it really does look like a hobbit hole, especially with the snow and, like, it, it, it does like look like, like you got middle, middle Earth. Yeah, like look yeah. at this thing, Leon. Like you gotta go. I know it looks like yeah. Middle, yeah. Uh, but you know what that is? Yeah, exactly. You know what that is? Good man. I would. No, no, no. I'm looking at this that, one. That looks like a cabin. Yeah, this this looks, looks nice. Yeah, no. This looks like you're going. You are going into the ground. But that's four days in Minnesota uh, with a with a snowstorm. Right. Honestly, that's what that is. Uh, except for you know, the, it doesn't. You'd look spend bad. a week there. Are you kidding yeah. me? Yes, yeah. and be happy about it. Here's Especially the other might thing. Might even too. pay for it. Go out and shoot an elk, and then and then come back in and yeah. light a fire. Yeah. I'd be all about Here's it. the big asterisk to it all, though. Big asterisk on the Aaron Roger Darkness Retreat. 
At Sky Cave, the entire experience is mostly self-guided. There is no hard and fast rule that the guests must remain in the dark at all times. Everyone is invited to walk in the woods if the need arises, turn on the lights if the feeling is too much, or just leave. The door remains unlocked and ready to open. Here's why they have to do that, because they can't kidnap you. (laughs) That's some earthiness going on right there. Uh, No, no, but it says the guy checks on his guests once a day. Yeah, he slides the meals in there. And then you can pick your own herbs if you want, if you know what I'm saying. What do you think uh, these short contemplative prompts that he offers up are? Yeah, I don't know. Thoughts for the day, meditation uh, material. Probably like, Here, you try this 100% mushroom. of the shots you don't take. <laughs> so one dude on our text line, again, shout out to the military. He said, try a year and four months in Iraq. He showed us the temperature. Yeah, 129 in the shade. This is one of my sol- This was wow. one of my soldiers at the time. Man, I, uh, that and I he's like you know I can't even getting shot at. Right. Yeah, I can't even comprehend honestly. No, all the stuff that they go through—that's for sure. I'm watching 1923, and I don't know how we made it to 1924 uh, with some of the stuff that <laughs> well, they put. A lot of people I, didn't. Honestly, if, if you'd have left us in charge in 1923, we'd have never made it. You'd have never found California or Oregon or any of that stuff. None of it. Oh, great. I'm it's reading about like yeah. the Comanches Told right you. now and like the settlers that would go out to the west. Yeah. Like in the 1800s, oh. late 1700s, like the cojones on these dudes. Oh, my God. Why? Yeah. It's just, honestly, I would have stayed exactly where there, I was. Man. Yeah, you know? I guess. Yeah. Manifest destiny, as they say. Yeah. So, good stuff. You can definitely keep it coming. Uh, we will By have the a- way, this is a tremendous read on yeah. ESPN, um, and I'm going to butcher her name, but she did tweet at me this morning. Uh, uh, Zwan Thai, uh, who's the Enterprise reporter for ESV- ESPN, senior investigative reporter. yeah. yeah. Fantastic story, diving headfirst deep with anecdotes from others who have stayed at Sky Cave, including we're talking, uh, this is a personal fitness professional influencer who spent five days and five nights there. We're also talking about Colin O'Brady, a man who has summited Mount Everest twice. He has has crossed Antarctica solo. He has finished the Explorer's Grand Slam. Is that Aaron Rodgers' next thing? He's going to climb Everest. Maybe that's what it is. My dude, uh, Rocco. Or or become a personal fitness professional influencer. My dude, Rocco from Caddyshack, one of the great bartenders uh, on the First Coast, uh, did the Kilimanjaro uh, and went up there and went through his, his push. He was raising dollars. Uh, which was awesome that he was doing it. And so those types of things, you can get what you're looking for, Leon. You can kind of get that, you know, kind of find yourself a little bit when you go on those types of retreats and do the sacrifice and all that kind of stuff. That part Whoa, who be, gets sacrificed? Yeah, would be pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Bro, you never lost yourself, Faster. have you? No. You've never lost yourself, have you? Lost myself as in what? Just like, like you, you needed need, to, you find need yourself. to find anything, man. You never lost yourself. No, no. Like climb Mount Kilimanjaro to find yourself. No, 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 no. By the way, <laughs> I, because you did say the other day it was something very, you know, unique and zen-like what you said the other I day. Don't as don't if you've been through what, it. Yeah, I don't know where that came from. <laughs> I, I really don't. <laughs> I like to think that he found himself came from a higher source. when he joined XL Primetime. Yep, that's yep, true. That's exactly right. By the way, text line brought to you by Lifetime Enclosures. We really do want to continue to hear your stories of you roughing it, your darkness retreats of sorts. Um, but all due respect to our U.S. military, our U.S. Army folks yep. on the text line brought to you by Lifetime Enclosures. 
we see you, we hear you. I could never handle 129 degrees, 110 degrees in the Persian Gulf, and we salute you for all you've done for our nation. Oh, yeah. um, but those are not necessarily the stories we are looking for today because you guys go above and beyond harder than any of the small little things we're complaining about. Yeah, Brett Mandarin says best friend in him went on a 50-mile. Yeah, no, that's the guy yeah. that I said yeah. earlier. There's another yeah. one, though, on there, too, I, mean, I did honestly, see. Honestly, but he said the, he almost, like, almost day, lost a toe. Right, this three-day survival hike. Yeah. Uh, the rattlesnake man, Ross Allen along the way, no food or water, lived on what we caught or gathered, courtesy of 0811. Yeah, Ross Allen's the great alligator farm guy. He was legendary, that's for sure. 333-square-foot apartment in Jack's Beach. <laughs> that's struggling. That's what that's what our guys are going through I mean, right It is there. the beach, though. Yeah, it is the beach. I love it. All right, so you keep them rolling. It's probably still paying like three grand for that. Maybe. Two grand. That's the part. That's the struggling and the yes. suffering and trying to find yourself some money, uh, <laughs> dot, dot, dot. All right, uh, we'll get into some of the news of the day as far as uh, what Aaron Rodgers will do to this quarterback carousel. Is he, isn't he? Part of the Green Bay Packers going forward. That's all ahead. It's XL Primetime. I've come to talk with you again Because a vision softly creeps This is XL Primetime. Brought to you by Florida Home AC. Now that's cool on 1010XL. Oh, hello, darkness. One of the best songs. I'm very proud of JJ. I sent out in the group message this morning. We should do songs that remind us of Aaron uh, Rodgers leaving the darkness, and I completely forgot this one. So yeah. well done, JJ. Um, speaking of, you went the Taylor Swift route. That's yeah, why, out but, of the woods, because that's what he is. We'll hear that later in the program. Disturbs. Well, you said cover bra- of this. Well, you said brand new man. Yeah. You've yeah, heard the brand new yeah. man song by Brooks and Dunn. Yeah. Oh yeah. I yeah. saw the light. Yeah. Like that. That's gonna be Aaron yeah. Rodgers, right? Yeah. That was. There's there are some good ones. We may have to incorporate well, this into our heavy metal tomorrow as well. But about that? by the yeah. way, the Disturbed cover this is pretty good. It really is. It's honestly. And if the... you would have told me Disturbed covering yeah. a Simon and Garfunkel song, I would have thought Impossible. it sucked. Yeah, but... it is excellent. Yes, I do <laughs> want to make a programming note. Um, shout out to my mom for helping me recognize that we have girls basketball final four basketball bishop kenny girls down in lakeland that is on the 10:10 a.m. stream as we speak so hopefully you're getting us on 92.5 if you are looking for bishop kenny we're there on the 10:10 if you're looking for us let your friends know we are here today don't worry we're at 1010xl world headquarters we'll be at famous quick lube tomorrow out on penman road and beach boulevard um, but yes we are on 92.5 right now and of course we'll check in on the bishop kenny girls looking to make the State championship game for the third time in five seasons. My mom also, by the way, boys, um, does say to sign her up for the partially underground Hobbit-like structure with 300 square feet of space. That is Sky Cave, the darkness retreat. Right, It cannot be that tough. I would order, like, different restaurants every single day uh, to come in and slide slide through the slot. Exactly. I'd have have all the menus laid out, you know. What am I going to do today? Asian fusion. What am I going to do? So, yeah, I don't think I'd suffer too much. But we did mention tomorrow, famous quick loop, brand new beach in Penman, right near Penman. Uh, and, and Big Mike, Jerry, all of them will be cooking up lunch. So make plans to be by there tomorrow. It's their brand new location. Next to Dunkin' Donuts. Yeah. And so it's right there, beach near Penman. Mm-hmm. And they'll have oil change specials, all sorts of other things. So make sure you drop on by. We will have Pat Young dropping by Heck tomorrow. Yeah. So he will be hanging out with us at least the first half of the 2 o'clock hour. So we're looking forward to that. Gators he, lose yeah. last night. I was going to say, can he help us make sense of uh, what it's, remains in the Florida basketball season? I think maybe what you said right there is the most important part, what remains. Uh, 
losing Colin Castleton. Uh, it, it, it was a, a death blow in a lot of ways to that, to that basketball team. And they started running things through him. They actually had a little more success that way, but they just don't have enough, they don't have enough dudes. I mean, that's it. That is honestly that's it. That's not the concern in Gator Nation. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The, the, the concern in Gator Nation is what the hell is going on with that football program. There have now that's been the three, three assistant coaches in about a 48-hour period that have defected. And I think defect might be the way to put it. Uh, we're going to say hello to Zach Goodall, who covers all things Gators, coming up a little bit later on. Uh, uh, and, and it was so funny because I, I laughed when I read his tweet. He goes, of all the days, of course, because I haven't had a day off in who knows how long. I take a day off, and you got you got coaches leaving left and right. And so he's chasing the story. So we'll go with Coaches him a little, leaving uh, for the NFL who yeah. have no experience to the NFL yeah. and presumably no ties to Jonathan Gannon in Arizona. Well, Kerry Colbert at least has some experience. But so he's, he's headed to Denver. He's going to That's Denver. That's the news of the day. Let's hit that. Yeah. Yeah, and so he was the latest. You had yesterday co-defensive coordinator and then tight ends coach both leaving to go into Arizona. Now Colbert is leaving, who came in with Billy Napier as a fairly well-respected wide receiver and recruit re- wide receiver coach and recruiter, and now he's gone to Denver to to join Sean Payton and company. So it's this is what I wrote about today, actually, in Saturday Down South. This is it, it's it's bad enough that you lose to your four rivals. That you lose to the program for the third time in five years. Mm-hmm. That you lose to Vanderbilt. Okay. That you lose. Program, that you lose by twenty-seven in a bowl, useless bowl game against a middle of the road, if not lower tier, Pac-12 team. That's all bad enough. Okay. He had two critical decisions this offseason. Critical. Mm-hmm. One was a quarterback. Got Graham Mertz. Didn't get anybody else. In fact, didn't want Austin Reed. Led the nation in passing last year at Western Kentucky. Didn't want him. Took Graham Mertz instead. That's number one. Number two was the D.C. He knew Patrick Tony was leaving. The choice was a 29-year-old kid from Southern Miss. Now, it may be a good hire. Right, that's what But at the end of the day, if you're at that major blue blood program, you better get somebody on that staff that has some SEC experience, Mm -hmm. especially at one of those two coordinator positions, to actually make a difference. And right now... He just hired another guy he worked with in Louisiana is what he did. The the biggest concern is that uh, the words major blue blood, Leon, may be kind of leaving, leaving our vernacular. Uh, they may not be uh, the words you use to describe Florida much longer if this, thing's, if this thing keeps going because they're jumping ship. I mean, well, usually you see defectors from colleges that go to the NFL off of good teams, mm-hmm. the Alabamas, the Georgias, the LSU. Right. All that kind of, I mean, this, this – this makes me think that there there might be some breakdown in relationship or communication with Maybe. the coaching staff that's already on board with Billy Napier, and that and that that that, that smells foul as well. Mm-hmm. I mean, because I mean, he just came into his first year and he's already got defectors off a team that went what six and seven last year. Yeah, well, they were bad. And, and yeah, here's the bad. thing: we we joke with you about Miami. Miami yeah. was five and seven. Miami's yeah. recruiting way better than Florida. Number one. Mm-hmm. Miami's also getting better players from the portal in Florida, number two. Mm-hmm. So the transition for Miami is going to be a lot quicker, not only because of better players, but because of an easier conference, but they have better players. Yeah, That transition will be much easier than what's going to happen in Gainesville because right now with what they picked up in the portal and mm-hmm. more important, the quarterback they picked up in the portal, those that freshman class better be outstanding from day one. 
mm-hmm. or they're looking at another five or six win season. And yeah. even if that freshman class is outstanding from day one, you're literally relying on a bunch of 18-year-olds going up against 22, 23, 24-year-olds. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I mean, how sustainable is that? I mean, does that speak to Billy Napier knows how long his leash is? And like we said yesterday, gosh darn it, he's going to do it his way. Frank Sinatra once said my way. Billy mm-hmm. Napier is going to do it his way. Yeah. And I, I'm worried he may be um, closer to the senator from Minnesota. That's a totally different, uh, totally different deal. I just went there. But anyway, the, the, the thing is, is that he has to have some answers on the field. This has to look like a better product, and we really won't know if it's going to be a better product until they roll the ball out uh, in, in September. But this has, I would think, a lot of Florida fans worried as to what's going on. I, I don't know. Well, if you're a Florida fan, I don't know how you don't see this and think, it looks a little bit like Willie Taggart at Florida State. It looks a just, little was, bit like that. I was just thinking that. I mean, three-star I mean, three Billy going to have to <laughs> – I mean, you named the three star. Yeah, I know you named the three star Billy. It just drives me crazy. I mean, well, my and, thing and is just Sun that Be- Sun Belt Billy has definitely been another yeah. nickname. Correct me if I'm wrong, Leon. To yeah. the Willie Taggart point, mm-hmm. Willie Taggart did lose one of his, at least one of his coordinators after year one. Correct? He brought in who did he bring in as the OC? Year uh, two, didn't he bring in somebody who was supposed to be like a game changer or something like that? I'd, I'd have to go back and look yeah, at it. Yeah, I honestly forget. I honestly forget. I, I just but know that the, the, moral, the last thing right. you want you want the last thing you want to do is find out that you have a guy that's not qualified or not uh, kind of kind of swallowed up by the job. But also, mm-hmm. the moral of the story is a guy that, in terms of self evaluation and self understanding, goes out and hires a twenty nine year old guy who's only ever been a coordinator at a mid major Southern Miss, as opposed to hey. You know, I am young. This is a young team. Maybe I go out and I find an established defensive coordinator to bring mm-hmm. in here to change to have a, an older voice in the room. Like, well, is yeah, it, well, is I mean, guys, it's Wait, guys but, whose number one line on their resume is they worked with him. Yeah, at Louisiana, that's what it is. And again, yeah. again, Austin Armstrong had one, one and a half. You could, I guess, you could say two good years at Southern Miss. They were like fourth in the nation in sacks last year. I think they, they were pretty good last year. Again, you're you're talking about this isn't this isn't apples and apples right now. You're not they're not comparable things right now. So that's kind of my whole whole thing is is look, you were clearly woefully unprepared last year, and the decisions you're making to change and to be more prepared and to be a different team are not the decisions that are going to get you there. Yeah. I mean, would I mean? Didn't he have a he worked for Nick Saban? Didn't he? I mean, there, there's no, the blueprint. No. Oh well, yeah, Napier did. Yeah, 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 Napier. Yeah, he was on his staff. I mean, yeah, there was, he was the on Dabber's staff too, and then yeah. was let go uh, up in Clemson. I mean, he had to learn something from either one of them on how to put together a, a coaching staff or how to recruit or whatever that he's been lacking over the last year or whatever. I mean, you know, Willie worked for Jim for John, uh, Jim Harbaugh, and that was the whole thing that Willie was, you know, Harbaugh's right hand man and. Well. Right. Well, I mean, yeah, that, yeah, it's, yeah, it's very yeah. similar. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and the last thing I think any Gator fan wants to find out is that uh, they hired two former Saban disciples, and they might have been the worst two former Saban disciples, which is quite possible if that's how it goes down. But that many defections in a short amount of time, and I believe you're ten days away from spring practice. I'm pretty sure that's the number. It's close. Yeah, it's coming it's, up. So it's right there, and so those types like of March things. March five or something like that. Mm, yeah, March somewhere three? around there, and yeah. so that is the worst imaginable part of it for Florida. And, and I guess maybe you could 
take this. Maybe it's just a little bit of a silver lining. At least it came 10 days before spring, and you could hire people as opposed to 10 days after. You might be able to look at it like that, but certainly not not, not the best. All right, real quick, one more off the text line designed by Lifetime Enclosures about the, you know, you're suffering, the roughest roughing it you've ever done. Uh, one, uh, Danny and Callahan said, I-, I missed breakfast this morning. Haven't had lunch yet. Times are tough. <laughs> Appreciate that. I do like to know that there I are. I like somebody else who said they lifted this morning. Yeah, there, there are some out there that are suffering. And a guy who said he's hungover and he has baby mama drama. <laughs> right. Oh, I know. Wait, I know. Who. Actually, we probably need Kendall to hear Bryles. about that one. That's what we Kendall Bryles, yes. Yep. yep, Kendall Bryles is yeah. who Willie Taggart I hired. lost it. Yes. Lost I knew it. it was somebody, but yeah, he, he hired He just him. left Arkansas after this season, though. What was Kendall Bryles' resume before he got to Florida State? Well, he was the uh, he was the OC for for Kiffin at at uh, FAU. Mm-hmm. At FAU, yeah. Now and he, and he was and he was the OC at Baylor under his dad, too. right? Right, exactly. So at least he had coached and been a coordinator at a Power Five yeah. level. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. and it, I, I'm trying to go back and remember some of the things that jumped out, but one of the main things that jumped out that might have been the second year. I'm trying to remember. It was, it was the second, second year. year. It was second. It was the second year right. because. Because just the simple fact. Because he was running it the exactly. first year. Exactly. Th- throw it in reverse. He was, it's very similar. He was the quarterback's coach. Yeah. He was the OC. He was the play caller. Right. Throw it in just reverse. Just like Billy. Same and, thing. And that's the first thing that occurred to me then is like, that would send up a red flag. You're calling the offense, and now you just brought somebody else in to call the offense. And so that, and then it obviously didn't work. But uh, I, I don't know whether you can put the same two in, this, in the same pile, or both of these in the same pile. But Billy's got to be worried a little bit, looking around and seeing some defections, and wondering if he's got a, a lid on this thing, or if it's kind of starting to, you know, bust loose on him. I don't know. Find out. Well, the, I mean, the more scary thing is is that at least Florida State was in the ACC, and the climb back is not that difficult. Mm-hmm. Do I cue the team, SEC this, chant here? If this team gets yeah. in the, if this Florida team gets into a situation where it's a lot like, oh yeah, what happened with Willie Taggart, and they go down further, yeah, with Oklahoma, Texas coming in next year. Mm-hmm. You're going to yeah. be down there. Right. It'll be, it'll be a, a it, you know what? That'll be the bottom of Kilimanjaro. Okay. That, that will be a long climb up. Or Mount Everest. Yeah, or Mount Say Everest. hi to Green Boots on the way up. <laughs> uh, a couple of our nooners on the text line brought to you by Lifetime Enclosures, not only sounding off about their crazy survival in the darkness stories, but mm-hmm. also about Florida's coaching situation. This one courtesy of 1370. Florida has hired three Saban disciples. Don't forget about Muschamp. 2399 says, I think it's too early to think Napier is going to be a failure, but if you've had this many coaches not make it, dot, 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 it might be you. Mm-hmm. In the words of Mark Long, hey, Dan, how's it going? Have you ever thought that you might be the problem? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Never forget. Yeah, exactly, exactly. I, yeah, I, I, I look around, and there are a handful of programs that are in a big state of flux, but think of the ones that have fixed themselves. Wait, before we go any further, real quick. Yeah. Let's just not forget everyone driving around out there that's upset because we're getting on Billy Napier that Florida had a chance to hire both Lincoln Riley and Brian Kelly. Yeah, and so well, let's no. let's use those oh, as the let's use those as the ten ten take because you just uh, you you served it up perfectly because that's exactly where I was going. Now Josie's ten ten take, slow smoked and served up by Sonny's Barbecue, local pitmaster since sixty eight. Lunch, dinner, takeout, big party, whatever you got, they got it as well. They've been smoking all that. Delicious chicken, pork, ribs, brisket, whatever it might be. Make sure you check out Sonny's all over the First Coast for your next meal party, whatever it might be. So when you think about it, there there were other teams that were absolutely 100% in limp mode, okay? Limping along, not doing anything, forgotten, lost, in the wilderness, Aaron Rodgers type stuff. And so Southern Cal had to get rid of Clay Helton. What'd they do? They hit a home run and got Lincoln Riley. 
Eddie O had girlfriends and some other people showing up that wanted to wear whistles around their neck and, and help coach practice. They had to get Ed Orgeron out of Baton Rouge, bought him out, and they went and got Brian Kelly. Home run, at least right now, that's what it looks like. There are other programs that have had to do the same thing, that tried to pull themselves out of the abyss. Well, that's what Florida was trying to do. We don't know whether they've done it or not, but in this amount of time that we're talking about Billy Napier being on the job, those other two have put, them, have put their programs back on the map. Lincoln Riley and Southern Cal almost got into the college football playoff, had a Heisman Trophy winner. We know what Brian Kelly was able to do with Baton Rouge and followed that with good recruiting. So you're talking about all these other programs, Tennessee being another good example, pulling themselves up from the bootstraps, that they've got to now go and take it a step further. But Florida is playing from behind right now, and they got to figure it out. That is the 10-10 take. By the way, let's first say, friend of the program, Andy Orgeron, Mm-hmm. He was divorced when his girlfriend was around practice. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't like he's bringing girlfriends while he was still married. And well, their right, children. Right, but I'm just saying they were. They no, were, I, know, I know. They were his girlfriend. They wanted yeah. to call plays. I just want to make that very clear. That's oh, yeah. Go Tigers. Yeah. Right, thank you. So I love Eddie O. Friend of the Eddie. program. So, yeah. um, look, the, the reps from Lincoln, Lincoln Riley and Brian Kelly both reached out to Florida. They were both interested. And that's really all you need to know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, and, again, I when he hired Billy Napier, I thought it was a great hire. Great hire. And it still may be. He's only one year into it. Yeah. But it's you are starting to see signs where, wait, what is going on down there? And it's funny because J.J. told us in the break, you know, you guys got to do a Google search on dead bodies in Mount Everest. You know, they're, they're, they're dead bodies on Mount Everest. You know, they, they climb, and you can't, like, they'll die in the climb. Yeah. You can't literally bury them because you can't do it. It's impossible. So You can't the, get to them. It's so not the, yeah, safe. The path to Everest is littered with dead bodies. Mm-hmm. The path to the top of the college football world is littered with dead bodies. Figuratively. Yes. Mm-hmm. So it's, look, you got to be unique. you got to be able to recruit. And I, and I keep hearing Florida fans scream about it, you know, this recruiting class. It's pretty it's good. It's ranked number 14 in college football right mm-hmm. now. Mm-hmm. You're not winning the SEC with the number 14 ranked college the, football. The, the one for next year, is that what you're talking yeah, about? The, this, yeah, the one that's coming in for this 2023 right. season. Right. yeah. He signed Four, a bunch of four stars for 14, this last one. 14 is a solid recruiting, recruiting class, okay? Yeah. You, there's not one program that has had a number 14 ranked recruiting class and has won a national championship or an SEC championship for that matter. Well, before TCU got paddled 62-7 uh, to seven or difference. whatever the they're going score through, was. They're going through the Big 12. It's yeah. Big difference. Yeah. Well, big, no, big difference. I understand that. I mean, you should be like showing your SEC tattoo right now because the SEC, while tough, is still not you know the end-all – when it comes to the well, it is in college football. Well, it absolutely yeah. is comparing them to the other one. It's not like it's uh you know head and shoulders above was, everybody. Was fifty nine points not enough for you? Yeah, yeah, that was a beatdown. I mean, that, that's that's, that's one, one that's one clear example. Yeah. I mean, at some particular point, I mean, if you got the number fourteen recruiting class, you got to do you got to coach. I yeah. mean, I know a lot. I know a lot of these programs like Georgia, Alabama. They develop. got they got they got plug and play players, right? But at some point, you got to develop these players yeah. to. to to play against the elites of the elites, which the Alabamas, the Georgia, and the Clemsons are. I mean, you, also you need still a got a chance, right? You also need a quarterback. And, well, I, and well, I know Florida yeah. fans got well, their hats again. They're hanging on DJ Lagway, the kid that's coming in in 24. But if, if, if that's your goal, okay, we'll be all right when 24 arrives. What if you go 5-7 and seven or 4-8 and eight this year? Mm-hmm. Yeah, listen, then what? I, and he'll be I, a freshman in twenty twenty. Right, and he'll right. be a freshman, which is there's going to be a little transition handle, there. I cannot handle what if you go five and seven, 
and it's not even March yet, all right? I would like to see some spring ball, okay, just so I can figure out where this team's going. You know, it's funny. Is 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 I've been ripping him about Graham Mertz. Like I, I've, we I've, have no idea what Jack Miller's going to do. Jack right. Miller could be a guy who's going to go in there and take that job. And I've gone from semi down on Billy Napier to where I feel like I've got to, you know, go out there and and and, and wave a flag uh, on Hogan Road in, in in support because you're talking him down. So. Or is there still a notion, Matt, that perhaps? They go out in that 10-day window in May after the spring period ends, and they go Absolutely. get another quarterback. Yeah, I think it's highly there's, possible. There's very little out there, yeah. right? Yeah, but there, but there will be movement, just like there was there, a year there ago. There will be movement. There's yeah, no just, doubt just, there will be movement. Just think of how many guys changed addresses last season post-spring and the transfer portal alive with all the movement. And you can name a bunch of them that changed addresses, and maybe they'll be lucky enough to get one of those. But the, I, I guess the point is, is if they haven't left already, mm-hmm. you're going to get a guy who is going to enter that portal, opens on the May 1st, ends on May 15th. You have to be in that to be mm-hmm. eligible in 2023. Right. You're going to get a guy who lost a spring quarterback competition. Yeah. And I, I just don't know. I don't, I don't know what you're going to get at that yeah. point. I'm not, I'm not saying you're going to hit a home run. I'm not saying Caleb. I mean, there's like, like Evan Garbers at UCLA might be a guy you could yeah. get. Uh, Devin a, Brown is a redshirt freshman at Ohio State, the guy who's battling Comic Core. There's Cor's a battle at Ole Miss. He I mean, could be one. I mean, yeah, like, I mean, is that kid eligible to play? You can't get the Ole Miss kid. Yeah. Yeah, but I'm just saying, using other examples of guys. If he goes in the portal after May, he's not eligible to play that season, is he? If he goes in after the after 15th. After the 15th. Yeah. Okay, got yeah. it. If he's got to go in between. So it's got to be. Anybody has to go in between May 1 and May 15, then you're eligible for 2020. It's got to be a quick decision. Okay. So, yeah, so no. conversations. No, they can. No, it can be. You just got to be in the portal. Mm-hmm. Once you're in the portal, you can take June, July, August until the first day of classes to, to pick a school. Uh-huh. You just have to be in the portal those 15 days. Okay, okay. So quick decision for the player to enter the portal. To enter the portal, okay. correct, yeah. yes. Yeah. And so uh, the, the, the best lesson here is, is that Billy Napier has got everybody in Gainesville and Gatorland worried and he's still got to prove that he knows what he's doing and that there are enough good players around whoever is the quarterback. How could they not be worried? Yeah. That was a terrible Vanderbilt team they lost. Yeah. To. Oh, I know. Terrible. Yeah. yeah. And, and not, there isn't a world where Florida should struggle against Vanderbilt, much less. They lost by terrible. To 27 to an Oregon State team. It's just the Oregon State, for God's sake. Yeah, sakes. but I saw that one coming. Even with guys that were opted out. That was, you still in, lost to Oregon State. In the words of Dr. Oz, that was free money, free stuff right, right. there. I, okay. if, I could, if I could give you a little bit of hope, yeah. Josie, yeah. a little bit of hope uh, in the darkness. I'll take it. I'll you take see, it. Do you see where I, I am in the darkness Do you right see now. where I'm going? Yeah. Mm-hmm. 0193, with our discussion of your roughing it stories mm-hmm. over the years, he says, how about the climb out of the darkness all Jaguar fans have recently completed? Thank you, excellent, Coach Peterson. Excellent, excellent. Because there was the feeling that you were part of a sinking ship, the abyss, all these different uh, things we used to describe what was going on here, and it's true. He pulled them right out of the ashes and put them back on the NFL map. Yes, it can happen. Thank so maybe you, there, Price. maybe there's that hope for you Gator fans, yeah, too. Yeah. You, too, will emerge from the darkness. Yeah, it, it would be nice. It's uh, happened twice. Yeah. Trevor ain't walking through that door anytime. Not no, me thinks well, not. Spurs um, not walking through that door, and Herb's not walking through that yeah, door. So that's yeah. kind of how it happened. Yeah. One, but, more, one more off the text line brought to you by Lifetime Enclosures, 6602. 
early 90s, my high school football team spent a week at Camp Blanding. Mm-hmm. No AC, no electronics, up at 5 a.m. to run a mile and a half to the mess hall, then two a day, full padded Love practices. It. I think we won two games all season. <laughs> you, my, you, my friend, yeah, were in the suffering. darkness and went right back to it. That does that. Look, I, and they gave everything they had, I bet, during that fall camp to, to finally get in position to win. And then that's what they were able to scrape together as a two win season. I feel for them. Uh, those two a days, as we've talked about, doesn't matter what level. Oh, they were all hellish back then. We would uh, we would take the Cubbies over to Camp Landing, and we would have you know all sorts of fun trips over there, camping out and everything like that. And then Scourge uh, attacked the campsite, and uh, the boys were haunted ever since. Scourge, three-legged dog with green eyes, scary, very very scary. So if you do go over there, be looking out for Scourge. Make sure you you have a plan. Score update from Lakeland: the Bishop Kenny girls. Mm-hmm. Up 31-10 at the half over Cardinal Gibbons. Again, looking for their third state championship in five seasons. State championship game appearance. They have not won a state right. title since, I believe it's 1992 oh, or yeah, something when, like that. When so Charles, my uh, godchild, was yes. coaching them that they had just barely made it back after I think it was felt like it was a 37, maybe 34 Yeah, maybe it was absence. longer. And then they have been rocking and rolling. Yep. They really have. Five straight Final Fours, third straight championship game appearance hopefully forthcoming you can catch that game right now on 10 10 a.m we are with you on 92 5 fm through three o'clock it is xl primetime on a thursday i saw the light i've been baptized by the fire in your touch and the flame in your eyes i'm born to love again i'm a brand new XL Primetime, brought to you by Florida Home AC. Now that's cool on 1010XL. Now that's some good old country right there now. Do we think Aaron Rodgers saw the light? Well, I don't know. Because it's uh, in Oregon and he got released at like 6 a.m. this morning. TV's got a picture of him uh, where they moved the stone back and he emerged on the third day. Uh, Yeah, he rose again. So uh, he is, uh, I like to describe... With apologies to Padre and Father Mac, if you're listening right now, is uh, Trevor Lawrence is you know the football Jesus that came in and, and, and saved uh, Duval, uh, but that's what they're thinking up there uh, that he's the savior. He, he once he comes back, I don't know whether Green Bay's going to have him. Have you have you weighed in, Leon, on your gut with all this stuff that he's been going through to whether or not you think he is back in Green Bay or you think he's off somewhere else? I, I I think he's off somewhere else. Yeah, I think Green Bay has has, has run its toll on on Aaron Rodgers. But but the key is who who's going to be the bidder? Who's mm-hmm. going to take on that on that contract? Yeah, that's hefty. And and, and Jordan Love. I mean, they, they're not going to go into the season with an unproven Jordan Love. I mean, I mean, if you let Aaron Rodgers go, who who you who you going to bring in there? I mean, is that you're gonna you're gonna give the keys to the franchise to Jordan Love? Unproven guy. I mean, he played a couple of games, but right. not enough to merit to, to get the keys to the car to drive. No, but they may have to cut the cord and then look. There are a few teams that will go into this year thinking that let's take our lumps, let's go ahead and get back in line to clean up our salary cap, mm. get a high draft pick, all that stuff. It's possible. I'm not saying they will because we mentioned that with with Tennessee as well. If they don't do anything with Tannehill, who knows what's gonna what's gonna happen there? And you can look at a few other franchises that are dealing with the same thing. So I'm not sure. Heck, Tampa might get back in line because mm-hmm. we don't know what Tampa is gonna true, do. True, like, true. Like we said, going into like post Super Bowl, 
the next few weeks will be, before free agency hits, it will be close to 50% of the teams uneasy about their quarterback position. 50, close to 16. You could you could name mm-hmm. 12 to 14 teams that are uneasy about their quarterback position right now. We had the quarterback whisperer in the house at 1010XL headquarters this morning, one Denny Thompson. New Gator Bites is dropping right now on Rocking the social his magic and drawers. podcast channel. And that's yeah. not a figurative term. That's that's a real the term. The Orlando magic, yeah, of yeah. course. Uh, are they still uh, re- hanging the banner because they had like the best record in like a three-week span? I'm not sure. Hey, I man. digress. Hey, man. Um, but Denny brought up an interesting point because I threw out the idea to him during our pre-show meeting that he was hanging out at about Jimmy Garoppolo mm-hmm. and our notion, Joe C, mm-hmm. of, you know, what I was told by some folks around the league that, you know, follow the tea leaves. Mm-hmm. You know, knowing that the Texans realize they are in for a multi-year rebuild and knowing D'Amico Ryan's experience in San Francisco, who 100%. is to say that maybe Jimmy Garoppolo doesn't go there and Denny said to us, but what about Vegas if they strike out on Aaron Rodgers? Yeah, Do, can it, they afford for yeah. a full rebuild? But then, which I threw out, what about Tampa? Well, the one thing that you could tie Vegas into is that there's familiarity with Josh McDaniel and Jimmy Garoppolo. So that, just as much as D'Amico knows him, Josh McDaniels definitely knows him. And so that certainly would be a plausible. Now, I believe... They want the big splash. They want to kind of reincarnate Al Davis's enthusiasm for going, getting the biggest, brightest, best. You know, Mark Davis, even with a haircut. Does he have a haircut? Did he shave that? Dome? He has come. He he's come home. Boy. He's come home. In yeah. the words of Scott Van Pelt, he's yeah. come. Oh, he home. just took the wig off. He took the wig or off. That. <laughs> or that. <laughs> that's also. You know who a... hasn't taken the wig off? Yeah. Dom Capers. <laughs> but whatever. Yeah, that's one of those. You herb, do you, Dom. Herb theories. Which, by the way, someone did include Dom Capers as one of their memes on the uh, text line design by Lifetime Enclosures. If they were in a room of darkness and someone else was in there, they showed the face of Dom Capers as to you know who cut one, and and that you know because it's just <laughs> completely dark and you have no idea. Uh, anyone that, that hasn't seen Dom Capers hair, you need to look at it. You looked at it and laughed yesterday when you saw it. Uh, that is a, that's a straight comb over if it's real. That is, well, it's not real. It's, it's not tough, real. It's Absolutely tough to like grow real. all that hair from It's hard for side. me to talk about coach now. You know he was my coach. <laughs> yeah, I know that. Uh, you won't be the clown on my coach. <laughs> but that was a hell of a comb over. But the point is, and I'm glad that it, our boy, uh, who may or may not, be Trent Bulky uh-huh. on the pop-off line, yeah. 4853, um, says, what exactly is Aaron Rodgers actually in control of when it comes to deciding his playing future? Is it simply if he keeps playing or not? I, I, the other answer to that is it's the money. He still controls that contract. And so if they move that contract, then someone still owes him $50 million bucks. He also could say he's going to retire if yeah. you don't – you know, like I'm not going to go play for the Texans. I'll retire. But he's so got to sit out – and he is in control, but he'd have to sit out for more than one year, and there still would be compensation due if that were to go down. But he's still in control of the money because if they move him, he's still going to get paid. And then he's going to find out where he wants to go and where they think they can get the most for him. I, I, ju- I, I just go back to Josh McDaniels and reuniting Aaron Rodgers with Devontae Adams. If he wants to save his job and Mark Davis is willing to go in big with that cash, that might be the, the most desirable place for him. Uh, compare that to New York. Better defense in New York. Similar. Uh, Las Vegas has got Josh Jacobs too. Okay. No, but the Jets got some good receivers. Mm-hmm. Jets have good receivers. Yeah, and they have Nate Hackett. Yeah, yeah, and they get to reunite there. So, uh, <clears throat> look, anything's I mean, possible right now. With and A. also, A. the Jets could well, turn 
Derek Carr into a first ballot Hall of Famer from yeah. what they reportedly told him in his meeting. Yeah. I mean, wasn't there issues with Aaron Rodgers early on in the season with his, with his new receivers? No, he was complaining there about was, him. He was complaining about him, right? There, there was no chemistry. Yeah. Or he wasn't spending time with until him Christian or something Watson like that. Christian Watson started to get – I mean, so, yeah. I mean, and, and until he can make an effort on that part, that would be concerning for me going to New York with those young receivers. You don't want to damage those goods. Yeah, I, as much as I enjoyed watching him forever, I just feel like he was he was finger-pointing. When, oh, when yeah, was, he was calling them out. Yeah. yeah. And, and, I, and, and then now came the criticism for Rodgers. Like, hey, if you want this football team to rise back to the level that they were, you need to put your work in in the mm-hmm. offseason with those guys. Yeah. That doesn't happen overnight, right? No, you got to put the time in. Yeah. yeah. And, and so, anyway, we'll find out where he goes. But, Even if you're Aaron Rodgers. you got to yeah, put exactly. the time with the young receivers. Because yeah. you got to bring them along. Exactly. And Christian Watson, down the stretch, whoa, was he some kind of good. Even though Aaron Rodgers was reportedly just pulling from playbooks from when Christian Watson was still in high school, yeah, he yeah. was still able to according do what he to, did. Yeah, according to them up there. But you, you look at it, and, and a lot can change in the next couple of weeks, depending on some of these decisions that are made. And we rolled through them yesterday. And they're, they're, the storylines are plentiful, and they're not going away. They are definitely going to keep rolling as far as where Lamar lands, where Aaron lands, Derek Carr. Uh, is Tennessee going to say goodbye to Tannehill? You know, on and on and on with all the ones that are out there. All right, we've, we've brought up a couple of other things. We need to bring up at least the latest with, with Brandon Miller. We'll do that coming up. Uh, we've got Zach Goodall uh, with the Gator story that now another coach is on his way out of Hogtown. Uh, Kerry Colbert leaving the college ranks going to the NFL, going up to Denver with Sean Payton, which is definitely a storyline, too. And we are still accepting your stories of you roughing it, whether it's in the woods, out camping, or in a darkness retreat. Our boy Logan Bowles has personally submitted his. Oh, yeah? What did he say? He loves the segment. Says, one of my best friends, Merchant Marine, they lost air conditioning on the ship when they were going through the Suez Canal, made stops in Somaliland, or I guess I'm assuming that's Somalia, Kenya, and South Africa, they were on a grain ship, and it would get so hot. Two weeks without AC, the temperature in his cabin got up to 99 degrees. At yeah, I, honestly, I don't know how any anyone can, can deal with that. Merchant Marines, I had a neighbor who was one, and they, they can go through some seriously scary stuff, uh, and that they're truly out on that floating island not knowing what's coming at them. That's something else right there. All right, keep them coming. 641-1010, you can hit the text line designed by Lifetime Enclosures. The roughingest roughing it you've ever done. Miller guarded by Gigi, two of the most highly touted freshmen of the country this year. Miller with three. Miller to the rim. Miller with the left hand. This is XL Primetime, protected by Preferred Roofing on 1010XL. An epic finish last night in the SEC. And no, not talking about uh, the program defeating Florida, which I know we we love to talk about that. We're going to stick a pin in that. We'll circle back later. But it's an epic defeat of South Carolina. Overtime win for Alabama that will forever have an asterisk on it. 78-76, the Crimson Tide prevail. That is one day after a court testimony revealed that star player Brandon Miller, whether you want to say he was involved in a murder or not, he at the very least is, quote, a cooperative witness and had involvement in the murder of Jamia Harris, a young 23-year-old single mother of one. And so I know it's a tough topic, and we've talked about the last two days, but it is truly just mind-numbing, Matt, Josie, Mm -hmm. Leon, JJ, that we've now reached this point where all the evidence is out there, and it just sure as heck seems like the University of Alabama 
does not care. Yeah, In their opinion, they cannot find anything to say that Brandon Miller definitively was involved in this murder, and thus he's still allowed to play. Yeah, and, and there are people that, that I talk to that feel strongly about some of the elements around the, the strip and all that's out there, and it's just like any other area that if you go into, you might expect trouble. You know, you have players that go into those places where outsiders want to try and maybe test them just a little bit. And that has happened in any number of ways. But there have been a lot of bad things that have happened through the years, not on a regular basis, but through the years in that area. And this, with all the details that are coming out, we don't know ultimately where the truth lies because there's still some alleged stuff. But more footage is coming out, dash cam footage, security cameras, all that stuff is coming out. And then you're going to find out. But the attorney for Brandon Miller came out strong. And I just feel like for Alabama's part in this, Nate Oates' part in this, they they went over the line and they said this guy's playing and they're not backing off of that right now. So the latest information to come out yesterday prior to the game, Alabama Athletic Director Greg Byrne went on ESPN Reese Davis, ESPN's Reese Davis's podcast. Mm-hmm. And on that podcast, first and foremost, he said the call to allow Miller to play was a group decision that included Alabama President Stuart R. Bell. Mm-hmm. So the president is also allowing mm-hmm. Someone implicated in murder to play. So let's get that out on the record. Sorry, Alabama. And then, moreover, in the same podcast, he noted that Alabama didn't know until Tuesday's police testimony about the text message from Alabama basketball player Darius Miles to Miller asking for the gun that was later used in Harris's death. So he's not – here's the thing. He's not implicated in murder, and that's that's what they're using. Yeah. They are literally going black and white. Mm Mm-hmm. The, the police said he is not – it's a black and white thing. The police said he is not being arrested. He is not being charged. He's not part of this investigation. Yeah. So they're saying, done. Yeah. End of story. Over. I don't care. There's no gray area at all. Nothing. And now, then, J.J. made a great point in, in the pre-show meeting is it's – we've lost the, the ability to use morality as part of a addressing something. And, and, and as well as – process. Yeah, as, as well as – just look at the entirety of the scope instead of just saying he didn't shoot the gun. Yeah. Because he brings the gun at 158 in the morning. He tells him it's loaded. It's 158 in the morning. Yeah. And here's the attorney. And you're bringing a gun to somebody. Yeah. 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 And, and look, it could, uh, this is a world that I'm not familiar with, but it easily could be a situation where someone says, I don't feel safe. I need my gun. That's okay. That is okay. Uh, here's the attorney saying this. Brandon did not block the Jeep driven by Ms. Mr. Johnson. In fact, Brandon. This is already, his attorney saying yeah, this. I, I'm just saying it. That's, this is what his attorney saying. Again, we don't know all right. the truth until we see full dash cam security. Well, we do know that his car was stuff. blocking the other car. Right. The street was never blocked by Brandon's vehicle, says the attorney. Gunfire erupted shortly after the Jeep arrived. Brandon's vehicle was struck by bullets fired from one of the guns. Brandon quickly left the area when gunfire erupted. As soon as he was notified that someone had been injured, police would speak to him. He was fully cooperative. On and on goes the statement. By the statement. way, the police investigator said his his car was blocking. Yeah. It's not just me saying that. Right. Oh, yeah. I know. No, I'm not. Yeah. And I'm not even challenging you. I'm just simply no, saying. No, I'm just, I'm yeah, just making it very clear. Yeah, there's so many tentacles to this. But the worst of it is, is that the university has to make a decision on if there is an investigation, do they want to the, keep someone eligible or say, hey, we need to sit the down The worst of it is, if, yeah. you do, if the gun doesn't get delivered, yeah. the girl's still alive. Yeah, and I, I, we, don't, we don't know that, but yeah, I, I, dig, I understand what you're saying. Because 
there was gunfire. And there wouldn't you know? have been a gun. Yeah, yeah. If so, not for Brandon Miller delivering yeah. it. Um, for what it's worth, um, Kelvin Hurd, the stepfather of Jamia Harris, spoke with Alabama.com earlier, th- or I should say late last night, mm-hmm. and the story is now up on their website. And he said he didn't even know Brandon Miller's proximity to the situation until Tuesday's testimony came out. And he said that all he knew earlier was that Nate Oates, the Alabama basketball coach, had reached out to Ray Lewis. And he said that that didn't sit well with him. And he and his wife, Jamia's mother, like looking at each other, like, why would he reach out to Ray Lewis? Mm -hmm. And I think most of our Nooners know the murder investigation that Ray Lewis was involved in, testifies as a witness against his two friends. And, uh, you know, it, This quote that the story ends with, again, the story is from Joseph Goodman of Alabama Media Group. It's haunting. He says, Mm -hmm. Nate Oates had time to call Ray Lewis, but he didn't have time to call Jamia's mother. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that will will bring everybody in on top of that program. And this all happens when they rise to the lofty ranking. They're winning a bunch of games. Well, they scored 78 points last night, and Brandon Miller scored 41 of them. So, Joe, let me just say this. I I, want to circle back real quick. When I said if there's no gun, there's no murder. Mm-hmm. If there's if he doesn't bring the gun, mm-hmm. the odds significantly decrease. Yeah. Yeah. How not, can you look at that as the Alabama president and say, well, he wasn't charged, right. so and, he's not going to be disciplined at all? Right. And here's the other part of it. And until all the truth comes out, we don't know. But as a president of a university, you are representing whose job it is all. to protect his right. campus. Yeah. Think of that. I'm glad you said that too, because that you you are in charge of all of this. Yes, you're, you're not overseeing not just student athletes. Yeah, the, the students, university community. Yeah. yeah, students, professors, everyone that you right. works at the university. He's in charge of protecting and them. And is winning in basketball really that important to yeah. Alabama? Well, like, and, and the other cares? thing is, and this is in light of what just happened um, in East Lansing. Okay, we're talking about some horrible, horrible mm. stuff. That has gone on. You think about that, and Leon, you looked at us in the break, and like, you know, there was a, a life lost in all of this. Yeah, yeah. The know? university has a moral responsibility not to play that kid, just on the fact that no, he hasn't been implicated, but the fact that, like you said, if there's no gun, there's no more than likely. Well, the chances decrease. The chances decrease yeah. significantly, and, and and the fact that the kid goes out here and, and, and scores the game, winning basket, and all that kind of stuff. And I, I know that the kid wants to play ball, but you got to sit the kid for until all things until you get all the information at least. I mean, because there is there there is a twenty three year old woman that's lost in it. Where's the empathy? Where 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 is that? There's no empathy shown by the university, by the the president or the athletic director or the coach. The coach they they could have gave the coach they could have said coach hey you can play. The coach could have said listen, I'm not going to play you until mm-hmm. these this thing is figured out. The coach could supersede. He could have just sat the kid anyway. But, I mean, he's on board with it as well. Well, that lets me know that Alabama is comfortable with this whole thing and how things have played out so far. And the, I don't know if the kid's going to walk or not. I don't know if the kid's going to be implicated or arrested. But you, you, if you don't have all the information, you, you should side on caution. I'm just saying. Yes. I mean, and again, I'm 30 years removed from that, so I don't know the young kids these days how they think. All I'm saying is the gun was available because of Brandon Miller. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So – if Brandon Miller says to Miles, bro, I ain't bringing that gun. It's 2 in the morning. Bro. It's What does Miles say to the shooter then? Hey, man, we can't get a gun. Just forget about her. Let's just go. 
And then they go. Bro, bro, listen, I, okay, I, I played at the University of Miami in the 80s, all right? We, we were known as bad boys. We had some dope boys on our team, street street dudes. They, they played at our school. And it, it was at times at midnight or 1 o'clock in the morning when they had their piece on them. And they say, hey, man, I need my mom just got jacked by these dudes. Said, hey, you got your piece. And when he asked for I, if you got your piece, you he let he's letting you know what he's about Something's to do. Something's happening. Yeah. Yeah. My mom just got robbed, man. Hey, you got you. I got to go handle my business. I, I I was in the room when stuff like this happened. Scary. I, I, I was in the room. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So I'm I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a sophomore freshman. I'm hearing the street dude say, "Hey, man, somebody just robbed my mom up the street. This like, I need to get your pistol, man. I need to go handle this business." I'm just telling you, I was there. So I know that guys, when they go ask you for their pistol. And what they ask you if you got your piece with you? By the way, I didn't have no piece. I was just in the room. That's good to know. <laughs> they they when they they let you know what they needed for. Hey man, it could be whatever at night. Hey man, somebody just robbed my mom. You got yours on you? Oh yeah. All right, let me go handle this business. So now I don't. I I'm not in the car. I don't know what happened. Mm-hmm. But all I know is that he got a gun. Someone robbed his mom. And he's gonna try to find out who did it. Mm-hmm. Right. So Leon, my question then for you before we let you go for the day is. If you're the Alabama athletic director, if you're Nate Oates, the head coach, what are you doing with regards to Brandon Miller right now? I'm Knowing the information that we, at least as the general public, do now. Uh, listen, I'm not gonna be. I'm not gonna be naive to say that when when you're a star player, you get preferential benefits, even in cases like this. If it was me, I would sit the kid, and it would not be the popular thing to do. I would probably get I would harassed by boosters, alumni. Uh, you're the number what number one team in the country right now. Number one, they number were, two. Yeah. You in Houston? Were, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, the, the tournament's on the way. It would not be a popular decision. Um, could probably cost me my job somewhere down the road. Mm-hmm. But I, I would have to do the right thing. I, I, I'm going to weigh. The, caution is is the win. Mm-hmm. I'm going to say, hey, listen, kid. Until this thing is figured out, you just can't play. It, it only makes sense. It really does. But it what happens when, you know, they sit them, you know, they lose in the first round, and then some NBA team takes them in the top five and he plays immediately. Yeah, well, that's them. That's, that's all I them. know. I'm just saying. Yeah. And it's would, I mean, it's like that you probably would happen. It's probably going to happen. It's like you said. At some point, you've got to – does morality enter the picture? If it yeah. doesn't, and that's fine. That's your decision as a university. If it yeah. doesn't, right. then you don't suspend him. Yeah. Yeah, it, which it, is it's, what they're it's, doing. It's it's who's in charge and who makes the decision and whether you can live with it. Uh, honestly, uh, and then if if someone else wants to take him and make him eligible, that's fine. That's on them. It's not 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 you know not on this individual's watch. All right, Big Sir, enjoy the rest of the afternoon. All right, he heads out. I do want to end. Let's let's end mm-hmm. the segment. Send Leon off on a happy note. Mm-hmm. Ross Tucker, NFL. Ooh. Odyssey, Westwood One, yep. CBS Sports Former does lineman. a little bit of everything. Former NFL lineman. Just tweeted this out. I'm going to pass it around the room. Mm -hmm. The caption is, literally my wife's favorite food. I bet 90% of you don't even know what it is. I'm going to pass it around. I want to see. Big Sir, if Joe, if Matt, if JJ. Um, Don't scream mm -hmm. it out loud. All right, I got an idea. Okay. Big Sir, do you have any idea what that is? All right. Of course I do. Okay. Matt, Matt, what do you think? Does that look familiar to you? Two two options for me. Okay. Okay. So, So what do we got, Leon? Oh, there was a, a pan-fried uh, 
Uh, dumplings, right? Yeah, pasta. Yeah, pasta. Yeah. And I'm either going to go. No! I'm either going to go pierogies. Thank you. Yeah, pierogies. There pierogies. We go. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Pierogies. Yeah. Yeah. Pierogies no, are it's a bastardization of a potstick. It have is. You've never a heard sticker. of a pierogi? Yeah, I have because they have yeah. potato in them. They're disgusting. Yeah. Oh, it's a potatoes inside. Yeah. Disgusting. Yeah. Oh, potatoes no. and cheese. They're amazing. No, no, pierogi's a good filler now. No, thank you. And, and it, it does not rival. No way. Come no. on. It does not rival no. a pot sticker. No. Absolutely. No, no way, no how. Yeah. But that is, a pierogi is a. Thank you for saying that. It's a gut Thank filling. you for that disqualifying. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, it, it is in no way competing with a a, a, a dumpling or a pot sticker down there. there. No way. But that is a staple. That's a Northeasterner thing right there, too. It There's is. No well, apparently, according to Ross, it's yeah. uh, it's most heavy emph- heavy emphasis is in the Pennsylvania and Cleveland area. Yeah. I only know because I have an aunt who's Polish and yeah. makes them oh, from yeah. scratch. Yeah. That was Pierogies, always a specialty. I can, I can open up the freezer right now. I can yeah. see them. Kid, kids just loved them. Loved them, mm. that's for sure. All right, Big Source, you got that. Go order one of those uh, this afternoon. See, I shall not. <laughs> see what happens. Zach Goodall, let's find out what's going on in Gainesville because people are leaving left and right. No. Another interview on the Farrah and Farrah phone line, brought to you by the accident attorneys at Farrah and Farrah. There's trouble in Hogtown, uh, and it's got uh, some Gators panicking, okay? A little restless as they're out there on the shoreline. Let's say hello to Zach Goodall, uh, who covers all things Gators. You can definitely catch him. Easy to find at Zach underscore Goodall, and then the Foundation Sports for the Gators. Welcome in, Zach. How you doing, bud? Doing great. Thank you guys for having me. It's, hey. it's, uh, it's certainly been a whirlwind like you described. Yeah, and I, I we'll start off with me laughing at your tweet when you said of all the days to take off. Uh, so start there because, because <laughs> honestly, dude, uh, you think this might be a quiet news day. Okay, I can bump out. And then uh, all of a sudden, two guys are out the door. What were you thinking? Yeah, I mean, I waited a couple of weeks to, to get into a little personal time in the offseason just because, you know, college football is unpredictable. And I'm thinking, you know, we got 10, 15 days until spring camp pops up. There, there's no way something's going to happen this drastic. I'm okay to take 24 hours off. And, and and that was not the case. I mean, what, the Tony news, I think, came out around midnight on Tuesday to Wednesday. And then it's just been kind of nonstop ever since. Um, and, and obviously, that's a big part of this, too, is it's, from all accounts, I, I would think the most major significant assistant coaching changes in college football this late in the year. Zach, how much of that do you think was planned? How much of was there writing on the wall that Patrick Tony could be leaving, some of these other assistants could be leaving, or was this completely out of left field? I would say the idea of Patrick Tony and William Peegler leaving wasn't a complete shock to me. Uh, with Tony specifically, there had been some rumblings kind of near the end of the season and into the postseason that, you know, it wasn't necessarily the idea that he would be fired, but the idea that there could be some sort of parting of ways. He had been previously linked to the Baylor defensive coordinator job a year ago. Uh, it came open again, uh, and word was that he had at least looked into it for a second. Uh, whether or not he was a serious candidate there or elsewhere, I'm not sure. But at the very least, for there to already seemingly be a defensive coordinator replacement in place, just paired with those rumblings, uh, Tony's in particular wasn't the biggest shock. I would say probably the same thing for William Piegler. I think that he's a good coach that was just not in – a position that he was used to. He, he had only ever coached tight end for one year of his career at a smaller school. And I think it, it was pretty well documented last year what the tight end situation was like for Florida. It was pretty unideal for a coach with his lack, lack of experience at that position. Uh, whereas Kerry Colbert, that, that's the one that surprised me. That one was not really discussed much. He was viewed as one of, if not the top assistant on Florida staff this past year from 
not only a development standpoint, but the class he put together a wide receiver and recruiting. Uh, that one was one that around midday yesterday, I was told that there could possibly be a third coach on the move. And he was honestly one of the last ones I expected to be on his way out. So, Zach, in, in and around Gainesville, is, is the kick to the stomach more about the assistance or the signing of Graham, of Graham Mertz? <laughs> um, I, I think it's a mix. You know, there were, there were a lot of high expectations for this quarterback class. In the recruiting class as a whole, uh, with Billy Napier entering the fold and putting an emphasis on, on building a proper Florida Gators roster. And you've got the Jaden Rashada situation, the Marcus Stokes situation before that. Anthony Richardson leaving after one year as a starter, uh, another backup arrested. I mean, it's been unlike anything anyone expected of the quarterback room. And for Florida to then go out and get a player who, while he was, you know, a, a, a respected high school prospect, Graham Mertz is underwhelmed in his college career. And I think Florida fans see how everything has gone compared to how they expected it. it, it that's definitely a kick. Um, but the, this doesn't help either. Again, they're, there was some expectation here, and you can look at Florida's defense last year and think that maybe this was a good move to get a new play caller in place. But again, it's just such weird timing. And after all of this, it's just been kind of hit after hit for Florida fans. But they're taking positives at the very least in in being happy that Billy Napier is willing to make changes. It seems. We're talking with Zach Goodall. You can check out all his stuff at Zach underscore Goodall and then check out all Gators on FN where he covers the Gators. And and, and he, I, I agree with what you're saying, and I'm telling Maddie and Mia earlier, I'm like, okay, all Gator fan can do right now is wait to see what the product looks like. But we were also trying to hatch what side this came from, Zach, over the last uh, couple of shows. Is it him trying to force the hands and improve situations in different coaching rooms, or is it those guys saying this just the vibe's not right and I may need to get up and get out? I mean, when when I first started hearing of potential changes a bit ago, that that was kind of the thought process, right? Is that you know Florida doesn't lose to Vanderbilt, Florida doesn't post back to back losing seasons in the SEC. A program like this makes changes after a year like that, and, and so naturally, you know, my thought was when it happened is okay, this sure this has certainly been planned, but but then again, you know. With, Tony and Piegler, for example, going to Arizona, it, I would think that if there was a plan for a while that they they looked into a lot of jobs, they had some options, but they got assistant roles that haven't even been specified, likely demotions in terms of the actual role they'll have on the field when it's all said and done, just from making the jump from a mediocre team at best to the NFL, you know, they joined the last coaching staff to hire a head coach. It, it, it felt almost as though it was a little bit rushed. There's just, there's so many different angles you can look at it and ultimately come back and think, huh, this is interesting. It's just a little weird, but I, I don't know if we're ever going to truly have those answers. A couple more for Zach at all on the Farrah and Farrah phone line. Zach, let's talk Austin Armstrong <clears throat> reportedly the front runner to become the new defensive coordinator or at least co-defensive coordinator at the University of Florida. 29 years old, most recently was in Tuscaloosa, Alabama for six weeks. Prior to that was the Southern Miss, D.C. What's your read on that situation and how surprised were you that Billy Napier, at least reportedly, will not go in the direction of hiring a veteran coach as his defense coordinator? Yeah, that's another interesting point to this as well. I I like the idea of of finding a young, up-and-rising coach who 
has proven himself even even in lower leagues like Armstrong has done. And obviously he gained a lot of respect to to then be put on the on-field staff at Alabama. There have even been whispers that, you know, the thought process was going to be he's the defensive coordinator and waiting behind the older Kevin Steele. Now, I've heard ex-coach-in-waiting a million times. It doesn't necessarily always happen. But that at least speaks to how Alabama seemed to, to, to think about Armstrong when they hired him. But But I find it interesting because – you look at the Louisiana defense that Patrick Tony had. You look at what um, what Armstrong was able to do at Southern Miss, and they they had a lot of similarities. You know, a, a disruptive defense, a multiple defense, gets in the backfield, creates turnovers. But I I come back to the idea of a veteran like you mentioned. You know, in a in a year where changes seem like they do need to be made, I appreciate the idea of having your guy identifying another young up and comer. But it feels like you're hiring Patrick Tony. At the end of the day, you're bringing another Sun Belt young defensive coordinator who has yet to prove himself in that role in the big leagues that are the SEC. So there's a lot of risk. I think clearly by his numbers and what he's been able to do and, and the pedigree to get hired at Alabama says that there could be a lot of reward. But it's another one of those you just got to kind of wait and see. And that's what the thought process was with Patrick Tony, and things didn't work out well, clearly. All right, Zach, of these three things, you can only choose one. Sure. What what is the biggest red flag for you as far as pertaining to the future, the 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 signing of Graham Mertz, the three uh, uh, losses of assistant coaches, or missing in the portal again, second year in a row of really getting like impact guys, other than of course the guys that followed him from Louisiana, he just really has not gotten those impact guys like USC has done, like LSU has done, like Ole Miss has done. What's what's more disturbing? You think of those three things. Yeah, if I can cheat, I would combine point one and point three because that They're kind of the same know, thing. Yeah, yeah, because yeah, quarterback is is exactly like that. They Napier mentioned that they evaluated twenty four quarterbacks before landing on Graham Mertz. So was it a you know they Graham Mertz stood out to these guys that much? He was their guy all along. Did they miss on some other quarterbacks? I tend to think it was the latter. Um, and I would probably go with point one in a vacuum because of the importance of that position. Again, because of the domino effect we've seen there, just in terms of players leaving instead of coming in, uh, they go hand in hand, but we all know how important this position is. And right now, Florida's best bet for the long term is a 17 year old. They have committed in the class of 2024 and DJ Lagway, who I'm a big fan of, but, you know, when you're going into the second year of your campaign off the of six and seven season, and that's the only thing you've really got to hang your hat on, it, it's a little concerning. All right. Before we turn you loose, that transfer portal, we were talking about it earlier, Zach, that, you know, you have a couple of weeks beginning in May to jump in there if you want to look around. Do you think that will happen as you just kind of look around the college football landscape and that Florida still might be able to, to haul a, a worthy name in? Absolutely. I, I think that they're certainly going to add a couple more transfers. Right now, I believe they have one open roster spot, and the nature of it is I would imagine a couple of players leave Florida after spring, too. So they should have a few. Uh, and Napier specifically said um, after Mertz signed and Rashad didn't end up making it in, that one position they will look at is quarterback. I, I would think that they want another bridge, You know, not so much of a younger guy, more so an older player that has experience, but can be a dependable backup when you really don't know still what you have in Jack Miller. And of course we're all going to find out soon enough. Graham Mertz can kind of revive his career here, but if not, they only have three scholarship quarterbacks on the roster and, and one's currently playing baseball. So they're limited there. 
All right, buddy boy, good stuff. Real quick, a thought on Florida basketball because obviously a little trouble in paradise there as well. I know you don't cover it as much, but I know all your colleagues over at the Florida Gators, all Gators, Sports Nation, or excuse me, Fan Nation, Sports Illustrated site, do a great job over there. Um, Knowing that they're in the midst of a first-year head coach's first year in the program and then knowing that Billy Napier is facing what he's facing – how are the vibes in Gainesville across the board from Scott Strickland on down in your estimation? Yeah, if I can offer a quick shout out to my lead basketball reporter, Brandon Carroll at It's B. Carroll. He's the basketball guy of us too, but he's, he's been all over this, this coaching change and what's gone well, what's not been that great. And he's informed me. And I, I think all things considered, it, it, Golden set the expectation that you know, if they would determine their success, whether or not they made the tournament this year, that's that's clearly not going to happen. I personally don't think the roster was in the best place to contend in the tournament in any way. Um, but making it would have been nice, you know, after the ending of the Mike White campaign there, I think Florida fans would have been really rejuvenated even just to get to the round of 64 and, and be happy there. But that being said, from my perspective, even as not uh, as much of a basketball guy, I see a team that does tend to make adjustments. I see a team that's been really stellar on defense all season long. It's just, it needs some shooters to, to be as basic as possible. And I think that they've got a really solid offensive threat in freshman Riley Kugel, someone they could build around. But you need more. You need more guys that can, that can score in all what different ways. And, and they definitely don't have that. And it, it was really, really bad, as we've seen, to lose Colin Castleman, who was basically a walking double-double throughout the season. Yeah, something but else too. To that point, Zach, real quick, yeah. they need guys. How need long guys. how long is Todd Golden's leash versus Billy Napier's leash in that same regard? Because there's a lot of folks who believe that Billy Napier just needs guys. Sure. Um I mean, I think that that is a a heavy question because it gets into the job security of everyone at Florida Athletics. You know, the person that hired Billy Napier and uh, Todd Golden has hired a football coach before and several others and we're curious as to how long his leash his leash is but that being said with golden at the very least you know a much more manageable salary um a younger coach even though i guess billy napier you know he is as well but there's a there's a real youthful we're going to let this guy grow as a coach feeling around todd golden and and i think that there might be a little bit of patience there but then again, you know, you got to see some major improvement this upcoming season, just like with Napier, in order for the fans to not just become apathetic. You know, that's we've seen that can be the worst thing that happens to Florida sports. Yeah, my simple answer is longer leash when it's less important. That's uh, that's exactly. it right there in a nutshell. Hey, dude, man, we appreciate your time. Safe travels, Zach Goodall. You can definitely check him out. Uh, All Things Gators, the uh, Sports Illustrated site covering the Gators he runs it. Thanks, dude. Thank you, guys. All right, Thanks, Zach. Hey, honestly, it's it's and Scott Strickland. And we we talked about it pre-show, and you know if I if I'm putting Billy Napier on a watch, I'm, I'm putting Scott Strickland on a watch on a watch too. Well, Billy's not; a, they're not going to pay thirty million for him to walk. No, so I'm just saying I'm putting him on a watch. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 But but I, I will say this: like, you know, people are crushing me the last few days. I'm telling you right now, think about that team. They're not that much better from last year. I don't. Even, in, in fact, in some places, they're not as good. And and now you're adding Graham Mertz, who's as big or bigger an enigma. Than, than Anthony Richardson. Yeah. So uh, it, it's it's going to be a do tough not, year for them. Yeah. Do not put Enigma next to to Graham Merch yet. Let's just wait and see.
Bro, I've Anthony, watched him play for Anthony four Richardson years. Anthony Richardson is an enigma uh, right now. He was a big recruit, yeah. Graham Mertz was. Yeah, but— And but, just never, ever did anything there. Yeah. Like, we've seen such a small sample size of AR that he still could be that, whereas we've seen enough of Graham Mertz. We just know that it's just not a— it, it, it doesn't have it, okay, that engine that you're looking for. We'll find out whether they can do it uh, in Gainesville with him or not. All right, into the 2 o'clock hour. It's interesting, to say the least, what's happening down there in Hogtown. That's for sure. And the reports are that he's Billy's already hired Austin well, Armstrong. Of that, so we're going to find out that. Too, is the further down the road they get of average or even less than average, mm-hmm. the more the focus will be, well, you could have had Lincoln Riley or Brian Kelly. Oh, yeah, of, of course. The, or at the very least, Brian Kelly. Yeah. But, but you know, at, you reach a point where that ship has sailed, okay? Got, jobs will be lost, and you can fret over that all day long, but it ain't, it's gone. Okay, you. Hey, I'm gonna go back and buy that beautiful new ride that I looked at and test drove the other. It's gone. I mean, that's gone. And so now they better figure out because Scott Strickland will have to pay tabs on some expensive mistakes if this doesn't go right a year down the road. Like I said, longer leash, less importance when it comes to the basketball program. They're gonna have to live with Ty Golden. They're just gonna have to for at least at least. Another year, and probably two. And probably the same could be said for Billy. Which is what makes the Alabama situation interesting, knowing football is even more king mm-hmm. in Tuscaloosa yeah. in ter- yeah. with regards to the leash. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's something else. All right, into the 2 o'clock hour, uh, a little more NFL news that we got to get to. Out of the darkness comes Aaron Rodgers. So we're going to try and shed a little light on that coming up. XL Primetime, brought to you by Florida Home AC. Now that's cool on 1010XL. I think this is my crowning achievement since joining XL Primetime. How much more Taylor Swift is now in your lives, thanks to yours truly. And there are guys right now, they're up on roofs, they're cutting grass, they're trading stocks, and they're going... Taylor Swift is on 1010XL. What are we I, doing? I would not have known it was Taylor. Yeah, yeah. I, I recognize that she's an accomplished artist. What was the title of it? Because it had something to do with Aaron Rodgers. Out, out of the Woods. It's out from of the off woods. of 1989, which in my opinion is the greatest pop album of the past 10 years. Yeah, yeah. We're if going. not overall. Yeah. If not, hot ever, take, Hot ever. takes only. Hot <laughs> takes only on a Thursday edition of XL Primetime. Yeah. Speaking right. of the hot takes, yeah. like, I mean, there's literally some food terrorists in our, in our city. Mm-hmm. Pierogies? Yes. People want pierogies over pot stickers? Pierogies are great. amazing. They're both amazing, but pierogies. Yeah. Like- I would. I still put pot stickers over pierogies like a thousand times. I'm loving all these but, suggestions. They're unreal. But TLD, the lovely Diane, she'd break them out for the kids all the time because they were just absolute fillers. Okay. You want to just fill up the belly with cheese and yeah. pasta? Uh, that's a pierogi. Drop in some hot water and whatever flavor you want to put it on or uh, incorporate into it, you know, you're golden. And those are good. They're definitely but good. But it's like potatoes wrapped in pasta. Yeah. Yeah. Ugh. And then deep, and then pan fried. Yeah. There. Yeah. There's With nothing. Butter and onions. You don't like gnocchis? Yeah. They're like, I would equate it to like the yeah. Polish version of a gnocchi. Yeah. Gnocchi is the a same thing. Just, You're rolling it yeah, up, but it's, and, but it's not. Yeah. No. Yeah. It's exactly the same. Uh-uh. So the last two nights, because uh, in 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 our Catholic world, we just had Ash Wednesday yesterday. Mm-hmm. And the day before is obviously Fat Tuesday because that's right before Lent begins. So we went from jambalaya 
Tuesday night, a great Fat Tuesday way to head into right, Lent. Right. And then last night, some of the Captain Norm fresh caught mm-hmm. sheep's head. Nice. Uh, just kind of pan fried, served up with a nice little side pan-fried. dish salad and in yeah. uh, a veggie. Because you know, anyway, like I, I, if I, we're only going to go fish and and whatever, no meat on Fridays, which ain't easy. Right. It's not easy. That's um, why they invented speaking pizza. Speaking of suffering, that's why they call it Lent, you know. And Aaron Rodgers, you know, try to go through that, okay, for 40 days instead of your four days. Yeah, we've gotten not a easy. couple. God bless Martin Luther because I don't have to do any of that crap. <laughs> Eat what I want. We've gotten a couple of really good uh, submissions mm-hmm. for our what is your roughing it story yeah. with regards to Aaron Rodgers. The roughing is roughing. Uh, this is courtesy of 4963. Sacrifice and suffering for me. Is Leon leaving at one thirty? Oh, okay. That's a good. That's the best one. That's, that's the best. That's honestly the best one. And then somebody else. I'm trying to find it uh, here. Or no, where is it? Uh, see, this is the beautiful thing about our new text line. Yeah. Design my lifetime enclosures is you can actually pin these texts. I need to do a better job of that. Here it is. Fifty three ten says spent a week with my mother in law. Yeah. Fantastic. <laughs> that may have moved to the top as well. Listen, we all love our mother in laws. By the way, if I could give me, one me. more one more shout out, one more shout out. <laughs> We've given a lot of Florida Times Union shout-outs on this show, so let's give one more. Shout-out to Smitter, whose late Croatian grandmother would approve of the pierogi banner. Oh, that's beautiful. Fantastic. She's Smitter chiming in. That's awesome. Love it. And so, look, you got to have some of those ethnic foods. I, I can guarantee you Smitter would rather have a potsticker. Well, yeah, probably. Probably. But I think what you're doing is you're downplaying the pierogi is what you're doing. I'm not instead downplaying. Of, instead just, of uplifting really the like potsticker. You know, and again, I'm with you 100%. Potsticker greater than pierogi. But pierogi still has a place in this world. We're, I'm going to bring them in now when we're back in the studio on Monday because we are, speaking mm-hmm. of Neptune Beach where they approve of pierogies, yep. that Beach is also, Penman. we'll be out in Jack's Beach tomorrow. Yep. Beach and Penman. We're right there close to Beach and Penman with a brand new grand opening for one of the famous Quick Lubes. And I love it because it's the family that shows up. But they're going to be giving hot dogs and we can't eat meat tomorrow. Well, they're going to be cooking. So you all come in and enjoy it. And Pat Patrick Young, our dude, uh, is going to roll in around 2 o'clock. He's going to hang out with us for a half hour. Uh, his therapy still going strong. Uh, he'll definitely have some thoughts on the SEC Network uh, coverage of all things hoops, particularly his Gators, as he was a star uh, in Gainesville not that long ago. So I'm looking forward to seeing him. But right there, Beach and Penman, noon to 3, they will be cooking it up. Oil chain specials, all sorts of cool things going on. So make sure you drop on by, get a little service for your car and feel famous. And speaking of the hardwood, congrats to the Bishop Kenny ladies. We get a round it. of applause, JJ. They defeat Cardinal Gibbons 69-47. They are headed back to the Class 4A state title game. Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. That's awesome. Good stuff from them, uh, that's for sure. All right, uh, I want to – throw this out and you know I'm trying to like get rid of all my Super Bowl trivia because I just got so many of them that are still left over so I thought I might throw a couple of them at you all Uh, and let's just see if we can do this one JJ go ahead time now for a funky fact get funky with funky Buddha now I felt like I kind of should have included Big Surce in this one but you know just fell the way it fell look for the craft creations from funky boot in the cooler section of your local grocer so you've got a number of colleges that have kicked out a ton of superstars particularly at the quarterback position but which college owns the record and can you name them which college 
owns the record for the most starting quarterbacks in the Super Bowl. Mm. Interesting. Interesting. Most starting quarterback in Super Bowl history, right? Mm-hmm. Michigan. Yeah, that's a good one. Oh, is it Brady. is it most Super Bowl appearances or most number of quarterbacks? Yeah, like how many different quarterbacks or yeah. is it most simply most quarterbacks? Oh, okay, most quarterbacks. Most quarterbacks. Yeah, because otherwise Brady would. Yeah. Yeah, most quarterbacks to start in a Super Bowl. Ba ba ba. I'm gonna most, say is it something weird like Purdue with Bob Greasy <laughs> and Drew Brees, and that's only two. It's not Ohio State, I wouldn't think. That was my guess. I'm going to go USC. Just for, I don't think that's it either. This is it's difficult. You know, I'm going to say Delaware through. Blue Hens. Yeah, uh, well, that would be Joe Flacco. Yes. Uh, I'll just say Ohio State. I like the Purdue thought. Well, who else is in the media right now? Wait, so do they have to have been the quarterback in the Super Bowl or they could have been a coach? No, no. Quarterback. quarterback. Okay, the quarterback. Yeah, yeah, the quarterback. Z quarterback. I mean, Michigan would, I mean, because Tommy and Greasy. Papa. Yeah, or are you going with Matt? I'm going to go with Michigan. Uh, Just because Brady. I'll go with Purdue. Hmm? Purdue. Okay. All right, so Purdue is up there. Purdue has had three starting quarterbacks, and you got two of the three. So they're close, and I think they might be top three, uh, maybe even tied second. But the team that has the most – and I guess I'm going to give it to you now and then maybe see if you can name. Well, it's California. Oh, it's Cal. Cal Bears. <gasps> Mr. Darkness. Yes. Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers. You'll have to go back in time. Yeah, I know that. Is it Joe, Joe Cap? Joe Cap of the Vikings. And wow, it's got to be someone else rare. It's not like Billy Kilmer or something, is it? No, but I'll give them to you. Sonny Jorgensen? No. Joe Cap of the Vikings. Craig Morton of the Cowboys and Broncos. And Broncos, yeah. And one of my favorite players growing up before I abandoned them, Vince Ferragamo. Very nice. Of the the Rams. And the last one, I'm surprised when you found out it was Kyle, you didn't remember this. This is a guy making a little bit of a recovery in his career, Jared Goff. Oh, right. Yeah. Done. Jared he started Goff. a Super Bowl. Five. Five of them wow. started in the Super Bowl. Give you. And I believe Purdue might be tied right there um, with Alabama and Notre Dame. Alabama Stabler, Namath. And you know, I don't think you can or you can't count Jalen. I guess that's up for Jaylen debate. Hurt. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. Whether, I'm sure you, you probably You consider could. him Alabama or Oklahoma. Yeah. Uh, I would, he played at Alabama. He had a what, 26-2 record? I'm going to count him as Alabama. Anyway, so I believe Alabama has three, and then Notre Dame has three. Okay. Yeah, so there you go. Good stuff. Uh, a funky fact. You could take that with that you. That was funky. Yeah, yeah, and especially when you go back in time and you hear some of those old school names, but the fact that Aaron Rodgers and Jared Goff right now, at least as far as we know, Aaron Rodgers is still part of the National Football <laughs> League, have started in a Super Bowl. It's XL Primetime. This is XL Primetime, protected by Preferred Roofing on 1010XL. 19 minutes after the 2 o'clock hour, hanging out on a beautiful, beautiful Thursday. Temperatures kind of cool in the morning, beautiful in the afternoon. You can definitely enjoy whatever you're doing out there today. Joe C., MOB, me, O'Brien, Matty Hayes. You can check out his stuff at SaturdayDownSouth.com. 
JJ bringing it. We've got uh, the stories that are coming out of Aaron Rodgers with his darkness retreat finally concluded. And then I think the next thing that everyone in the National Football League is going to try and shed light on is where are you going, what are you doing, what's going to happen next. And so you got right now opportunities for teams to put tags on players. They have basically until, what is it, March March 7th. March the 7th where they can ultimately make those decisions. And we're not going to see anybody rush to do that, at least right now. It doesn't appear to be the case. But they've got to make a decision up there in Green Bay as to what's going to happen, and then a lot of other shoes are going to drop once that goes down. Some other news and notes from around the National Football League today. The Denver Broncos hiring Vance Joseph as their defensive coordinator. If that sounds a little fishy, that's because Vance Joseph was once the head coach of the Denver Broncos. And the question has been asked here before, hey, could like let's use Byron Leftwich as an example. Mm -hmm. Byron Leftwich was a candidate for this job simply by name and and what he had accomplished as an offensive coordinator. We all remember the rumor mill and how hot and heavy it was a season ago when a lot of people thought that he had been hired uh, or had agreed to become the Jaguars' next coach. We all know that didn't happen. And so then the question was asked, would Byron Leftwich come in as the passing game coordinator? This is, of course, before all this other stuff unfolded. And so that's a lot like Vance Joseph going back to a place that dumped him and dumped him in a short amount of time. Uh, to be the defensive coordinator. Not easy to do, uh, but I'm sure he's getting a nice little chunk of uh, pay to come back and do it too. I think it's unique because the Denver Broncos obviously have a new ownership group and they obviously have Sean Payton as their head coach. So that's what makes it different because otherwise, why would you ever go back to your ex quite in that fashion um, and be the side piece, if you may? Mm -hmm. Um, But then again, the Broncos Mm -hmm. were also trying to court Vic Fangio, who also used to be their head coach. So maybe that's just, they have a type. They have a type. Yeah. And they also just added Joe Lombardi, who, of course, used to coach with John Payton at the Saints and was fired by the Chargers. Right. Uh, He was Justin Herbert's. He's kind of getting the band back together. Yeah. He was Justin Herbert's play caller. But it it is funny, like, Vic Fangio, when they originally interviewed him, they should have hired him as a defensive coordinator. That's what they should have done. That's who he is. Uh, that's what he's always been. Elsewhere around the National Football League, one Eric Bieniemy mm-hmm. introduced officially as the offensive coordinator for the Washington Commanders. Sam Howell, Jahan Dotson, Terry McLaurin, Cam Curl, Antonio Gibson, and Brian Robinson were all present for the press conference this morning. Yeah, I feel like it, it, this is the the great opportunity. This is the jumping off point for Eric Bieniemy. Uh, I got to prove people wrong. Everyone has a thought or two as to why I haven't gotten a job yet uh, as a head coach, and he still hasn't. Uh, but now he gets out from under the shadow of Andy Reid and gets an opportunity to at least carve out his own resume on the field as a play caller. And I think that's probably as important as anything. You know, one of the exercises we'll do coming out of every season, especially with what has happened here, is that Trevor Lawrence has basically thrown his name in the hat as one of the best quarterbacks in the National Football League. Has he arrived? Maybe not 100%, maybe not nearly as much as what we'll see from him next year because he's got, I think, right now just kind of the feeling that that's just the tip of the iceberg, that he had, what was it, 24-8, and a total of 28 touchdowns. That's just the tip of the iceberg for him. But uh, as you might imagine, you go through the offseason, they have now put together a category of quarterbacks and they call them the franchise elite. Franchise elite with Pat 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 Mahomes atop the list, naturally. And then after that, they go Jalen Hurts, Joe Burrow, Josh Allen, and what I appreciate is they put Trevor Lawrence ahead of Justin Herbert. 
He beat him. And I don't know if it's as simple as that, but that was such a big ball game. He outperformed him. After throwing four picks, after throwing four picks, came back in the second half of the game and took over, scored before the half, threw three more in the in the second half of the ball game. But how far has this franchise come to where there's not doubt surrounding the quarterback position at this time like it was a year ago or for many, many, many seasons? Uh, and now he's among the top five or six being discussed. I'm just disappointed that for this new Netflix series coming out, yeah. that Trevor Lawrence wasn't one of the three quarterbacks who was mic'd up all season. So that's the only three they're doing? Mm-hmm. Okay. They, they already mic'd okay. him up from this previous yeah. season. Mahomes and uh, Marcus Mariota and uh, who am I missing? Who's the um... – uh, Kirk Cousins. Yeah, Kirk Cousins. And so I was hoping that there might be another like generation of that, but no, that's not happening, huh? Okay. Uh, well, so, I mean, maybe there'll be success, and then they'll mic them up again this season. Yeah, and it's cool that we've got a couple of Netflix series that have had NFL players where you get to find out a little bit more about them, and then these golfers where they're letting them out just a little bit more. And the, the one that just came out with Scheffler and Kepka, quite entertaining, quite entertaining. So if you have – anybody have a disagreement with any of those top six in the franchise elite category, uh, I – the only one I'm I'm slightly worried about is Josh Allen because of the turnovers, and Jalen Hurts has just arrived, but they immediately put him in that pile. The next pile, overachievers. Geno Smith, Jared Goff, who we just mentioned, definitely had a renaissance year. He had a resurgence, no doubt about he it. He really did, and I think we uh, people probably need to appreciate him a little bit more up in Detroit uh, with what they were able to do. Kirk Cousins. He's, he's just been there. He's just been there. He's just been there. Now they throw Brock he keeps, Purdy. He keeps. He just keeps cashing checks. And yeah, he really does. He has made checks. so much flipping money. And then you throw Danny Jones, who now wants you know forty five million bucks. Probably going to get it too. Maybe just, unless they make a move for Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, yeah, just out of default. You you have little or no choice right now. Uh, I don't know exactly what the contract will be, but that's what the number he's thrown out there. And then they put Brock Purdy in there. And it's funny that, at least for this list. They're putting Brock Purdy in there, and nowhere to be found is, is Trey Lance, who's expected Where's to be Jimmy the guy. Where's Jimmy G? Yeah. Imagine if Daniel Jones, imagine if Daniel Jones was the quarterback here, okay? Mm-hmm. And it was all but an, an all but foregone conclusion that they were going to give him a forty-five million. Oh my contract. god! I mean, we had that here. We yeah. had Blake Bortles. Yeah, and he was twenty-five. Right, but it was only tw- it was twenty. Well, I guess. Yeah. I guess back then that was kind of like 45. It was it was a lot of money. And, and by the way, five the way, million for Danny Jones. That twenty-five, believe it or not from Blake's point of view, was a little bit of a discount. He could have gotten in that 30 range, maybe somewhere close to it. He could have. From? Uh, but the way the market was. And he didn't get clobbered, but he got, you know, at least, you know, nudged a little bit by some others. Like, come on, bro. We got to keep this market up. Anyway, he agreed to that $25 million extension, uh, helping the team a little bit financially. Obviously, he helped himself greatly <laughs> with a $25 million extension when it was all said and done. But the next one... You've got the category is called scattershot playmakers. And that means some good, some bad. And Dak Prescott is in this pile. Oh, wow. And, so he's in tier three. And I'm a little surprised, but he deserves that label right now. He was a scattershot playmaker. This he year was. he was, definitely. Yeah, he threw far too many interceptions. He threw enough of them that turned into pick sixes. It was not good. He's in the pile with Tua, with Lamar, and with Justin Fields. Now that might be worth a discussion coming up here. In just I don't know. A I don't know if I put two in that. I don't think I. I uh, two just because of when injury. he's healthy. Right. Yes. When he's healthy, 
He played really well. Yeah, I, I have a hard time putting him there in the same pile. Justin Fields, a lot of things were working against him. But still, you know, there's some things that he's got to do. Tua came a long way this year. Uh, and Lamar, dynamic when he's not hurting. So that's worth getting into coming up here in just a and second. Speaking of getting into, uh, if you're into country music, JJ has a very special giveaway for you. Yes, a pair of tickets to see Jelly Roll live at Star Veterans Memorial Arena Friday, October 13th. Yes, folks, right around the corner, October 13th. Be caller number four right now at 641-1010. I'll hook you up with tickets. That just happened. Brought to you by Florida Home AC, the official air conditioning partner of the Jacksonville Jaguars. All right, folks. Here we go. More super sleuth uh-huh. on the Twitter machine. Okay. Trevor Lawrence, fresh off his trip to Italy, has quote tweeted that 17 making it look easy tweet the Jaguars sent. Just the start, salute emoji at the Jaguars at Easy Ingram. Then followed it up with, this is my campaign for Evan Tweet, not any official announcement, LOL, emoji, emoji. I can tell you, um, we used to have a joke in my friend group of you would know pre-Elon Musk when Trevor tweeted because it would say whether it was um, by his iPhone, like Twitter for iPhone, Twitter for desktop, because then you'd be like, well, his team tweeted that. Yeah, you'd get... I I can assure you... Trevor tweeted this tweet out. Yeah, well, he's going to politic, campaign, and stump for his guys. And there's no question that Evan Ingram would fall into that category as one of his guys. Well, I mean, I was hearing a day after the season ended mm -hmm. that he went to lunch with Kirk and Scherf. Right, and was already like, hey, I need you to restructure your deals to ensure we can Mm -hmm. get him back. Mm -hmm. And so that's a combination of clearing room – creating the cohesiveness, doing all the stuff to keep the band together. And it doesn't always work. And I, I, we asked Leon this question earlier in, in, uh, in this process. And I, I got to believe this is the way it's unfolding. Evan Ingram loves the situation here, loves the vibe, the development of this team, the quarterback, you know, the whole deal. It sets up perfectly for him. If money is comparable as far as what his agent is hearing from other teams and he is in a place that he likes and the tax benefits of being in Florida are, are, are always a positive, then what's not to like, right? So then he gets to stick around. The other guy that's sitting out there that is a high-profile figure, Juwan Taylor, I don't think wants to play nice when it comes to stuff like this because I think he's ready to get paid. Uh, Evan Ingram's already gotten one free agent deal. He was paid nicely to come here for a year, and he's going to get paid again. Jawan, I just got to believe, wants to hear offers. He wants to hear the overtures, the love. Why would he not? Exactly. Why would and he I, not I, I see what, what like somebody wants to overpay him? Because yeah, would, someone will overpay him. Yes, yes, yes. The nature, why, it's yeah. the nature of free agency. Yeah, exactly. That's why it's been fascinating to me, some of the conversations I've had around the building that suggest that Jawan has openly and directly approached ownership and mm-hmm. been like, yes, I want to get a deal done. That's yeah. been a little surprising to me because at least the vibe I got from him speaking to him on the last day of the season and then after the Chiefs loss as well mm-hmm. was that, you know, he was like he he loves Jacksonville. He yeah. loves the Jags, but you know, he he's gotta see, he's gotta weigh all the options. Yeah, it's time to get paid. So I think maybe he's marrying both of them up. We always talk about it. Negotiations. He's, he's seeing both sides yeah. of it. I think Evan Ingram is I mean, yeah. He, yeah. He, he he wants to stay and that's what he plans on doing. Right. He knows Everybody, they're gonna pay him and that's what he's gonna do. Right. Everybody needs to be smart financially, but if you like what you like, 
there's nothing wrong with it. If you're willing to take what you, what others may view as, hey, you could have gotten more, if you're happy with it, you're happy with it. But I think Jawan's going to try and play both sides smartly. I think. Hey, I mean, it's I want to fis- be here, but I want to get paid. It's fiscally reckless for him not to play exactly. both sides. Especially, because at the very least, he doesn't know how badly the Jags want him. Yeah. If someone wants to overpay him, who's to say the Jags won't say, all right, we'll match? Right, especially this contract. Okay, after your rookie deal, the second contract is hugely important. And making sure that you get the most that you possibly can, yeah. you got Or not it. even match. Let's just say he thinks he can get – I'm just throwing numbers out here. Right. 15 from the Jags, okay? Yeah. And then let's just say the Titans offer him 19. Right. And then suddenly the Jags, well, all right, we'll go up to 17. Yeah. So if you really want to stay or at least let it play out a little mm-hmm. bit. Yeah. Oh, yes, 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 yes. 100% on that. You've got to make sure. And – we can throw the other ones out. Those are the two high pri- high priced, high profile guys. Arden Key, will he come at a discount? Can they rework Jamal Agnew's deal? Are they going to be able to cut cords with, with Shaq Griffin? Where do the other savings come from? Uh, Roy Robertson Harris has been mentioned quite a bit, a little pricey, but also pretty dang valuable. Uh, all those guys, because they have got to figure out how to manage, what is it, 200 plus million over the 53 guys that they want to keep around. Right, and obviously, you know, the big talk now is you have an owner who would be willing to give upfront money, Mm -hmm. give bonuses, and ensure that it is not related to the cap. And you see that with so many of the teams that are competing for Super Bowls year in, year out, if only the Los Angeles Rams, who won the Super Bowl two years ago. So I I don't know. I I am very genuinely curious because I don't think in the history of this franchise – actually, I know in the history of this franchise – I don't think they've ever been in a point like they are right now where they are saying, like, we, we need to get under the cap, which they, they've had that happen before, mm-hmm. but we have so many guys that want to play here, and we're trying to restructure this and redo that, and we have an owner who is willing to pay this money. Well, how much money is Shad actually willing to pay up front? How, how is Jamal Agnew even a question right now? He's a why would you not financial. Bring him, why, yeah. I know, no, I know that, yeah. but why would, you not, why would you not find a way to keep him on this – on this team, yeah, I, he's I, he's more than just a fourth or fifth receiver. No, he's a he's, special he's teams a special teams guy, weapon. man. Yeah, he's a yeah. weapon. And so I I think it's a case, and I I would just you know go back and kind of echo what Mia said that he is a fan of the team as much as maybe Evan is. Yeah, he, he wants I mean, to he's be got here. to be. Re-signed. But here's the thing: is that or kept here? I should say. Yeah, well, he's on he's on he's yeah, on he's the in, books. Yeah, he's yeah, on he's, the books for got, five plus what five nine? I think he can't be cut. I guess is my yeah. It's five eight. Five eight. And so find a way. Huh? Find a way. Yeah, well, I know, but it's so easy to say that. It's not as easy to do. And so at some point, you're going to have to say goodbye to guys. I still think it's highly possible that they're going to put him as a priority and they don't let okay, him go. Okay, if you got to say goodbye to Key or, or him, who are you saying uh, goodbye to? Arden Key. Right. Yeah, and so I, I, do, I do agree with what you're saying, that he is hugely important. He's proven himself. He came, through, came back from a massive injury. All those things are extremely – important but you're gonna have to at least look at the reality of losing a guy if you have to you know and and so who knows exactly what happens with Dewan Smoot who knows what happens with Key all these other guys that they're gonna try and figure out a way Dewey you got to make a decision you know all these guys got to be brought back there's a ton of guys that are sitting out there waiting and wondering I thought about Dewey this morning too I was driving into work and I was like We haven't talked about Dewey being a free agent since we spoke with him at the Deweys. Well, here's what's so funny. Dewey cost more than Jawan Taylor last year. Okay? That's – 
he cost more because they brought him back and they gave him that tender offer and he deserved it because he had he was an undrafted guy that was able to come up and improve it and Juwan was still playing on a rookie contract and so all those guys they got to figure it out and look for my money Corey Peters at the end of the year was pretty dang good and I would be really looking at a guy like that he was extremely affordable last year is he going to be affordable this year and so there are so many how many were we talking about 18 guys that are out there in free agency yeah, something for the like Jack, that. something like that if you think if you think he can give you them all. right but if you think he can give you Corey Peters can give you the similar play of Roy Robinson Harris the last mm-hmm. Seven, eight, nine weeks of the season. He played really well the last. He did seven, eight, nine weeks. They played two different positions. Yeah, both of them on one side of that line. Right. You know, interior for Peters, outside for Roy. They were valuable. They really were. And so, yeah, it's going to be tough. Have to make some of those decisions. Ain't going to be easy. Thirty-five, twenty-five on the text line. Brought to you by Lifetime Enclosures. Year after year, we talk about how the Jaguars do not retain the players they draft. Why would you not want to do everything you can to bring Taylor back? He has shown he can play the position, yeah. and he beat out Walker Little during yeah, the preseason. I, honestly, I'm not going to argue that right now. I don't know whether they're going to do it financially, but Jawan Taylor proved me wrong. I have no problem admitting it, uh, and he played his best when he needed it the most, and now he's going to make it a tough decision for them to say goodbye. I want to end with this, kind of teasing ahead mm-hmm. to our show tomorrow. We're taking the show on the road once mm-hmm. again, out, headed out to famous Quick Lube, Penman, and Beach Boulevard, their brand-new location. We had a very special guest last week when we were at the San Jose location, mm-hmm. a, a young man that we want Billy Napier to know about early on. We hey. want to give him, the, give him the hint, Big Mike's son, five years old. Please sign him now. Yeah, he, he's, he's five, and he looks like Mercedes Lewis. Right. So make sure that you, uh, you know, pay attention to him. He's got a chance maybe to be a star. I see Big Mike's five-year-old future superstar and I raise you, J.J. Watt's four-month-old son. This child is four That's months. That's Four is months on yeah. Saturday. Yeah. Whoa. Three and a That's half a months old. Yeah, so little Libby turned uh, two yesterday, and, and yeah, she's half of that. Yeah, that's for sure. Uh, that's a big kid right there. Yeah, he's not four dude. months old yet. Yeah. Someone signed him to a futures contract. Yeah, yeah. little Libby Trent, turned two. Trent, Trent, if you're listening, <laughs> you're listening, Trent, go make it happen. Yeah. All right, we wrap ours up. We say hello to the Frangie Show coming up. It's not. Hey, remember this? It's up. Missed it to the right. Oh, the band is out on the field. He's going to go into the end zone. Down goes Frazier. Down goes Frazier. Down goes Frazier. There's a new home run champion of all time, and it's Henry Aaron. Time now for a Modelo moment. Make your next moment with a Modelo. Steve Reed, an excellent free throw shooter, will have the honor of shooting the technicals. Look at here, look at here. Bobby Knight just threw his chair clear across the free throw lane. And I think uh, French Unbelievable. Is... He picked up another tee. <laughs> Does that need any explanation other than it was 1985? Uh, and we're talking about, you know, what's going on right now with uh, the saga around Tuscaloosa. That was Bobby Knight, chair, toss. Um, and some to this day will defend Bobby Knight to the hill. Oh, many, yeah, not some, many. Awesome. Yeah, you're right. You're right. That's, I mean, many. Where, where is he, by the way? We haven't heard from him in Bobby? a while. Yeah. Well, he's uh, staying in some kind of, I think it's like a 300 square foot 
Uh, cabin uh, halfway under, in the ground, darkness everywhere. He would probably last, honestly, maybe three minutes in there. Yeah. And he'd go, up. Oh, beep this. Yeah, exactly. Wouldn't it be great, though, if he could just, like, have to go in there and he could toss chairs all day long because he's the only guy in there? Well, Indiana's, like, back in the top 20. That's where I'm like, so where is he? Yeah, I, I honestly don't know. They played a, a heck of a game the other night against Sparty. Uh, and that was an important win uh, for Michigan State, for sure. But well, you know, in be, 20... It's got to be mid-80s, right? Yeah. Yeah. In 2020, it was the first time he even went back to Indiana since all that happened. He's yeah. 82. Mm. Yeah. yeah, that is that is they something. They had, like, a terrible relationship. And what about him just popping up Texas Tech for how many years was he was he there? Yeah, some, he was there for a while. Four or five years, it seems like. No, more, no, more than, than that. that. Long, more than, than that. that. Yeah. Wow, okay. Yeah. yeah, time flies. By the uh, way, uh, before we say hello to the Frangie yeah, Show, seven do you want to wow. give you a leaderboard update? Mm-hmm. Honda Classic, Billy Ho! Mm-hmm. Five under through round Go. one. Go get it. PGA National, the Bear There's Trap. There's some positive news for you Gator fans out there. I'd like to have Solo, that. or actually not solo, tie for the lead with Joseph Bramlett. Okay, all right, good deal. Come on, Billy Horschel. Now, the two-minute drill, brought to you by Tire Outlet. Keeping 1010XL talking with wholesale prices and premium service. Tire Outlet, Jacksonville's largest locally owned automotive repair shop. Uh, Out to the SJC in Durban. We say hello to Lauren Brooks. We've got the Francis Show. Hold up at Island Wing. What's cooking? Oh, yes, Joe. What's cooking is another absolutely spectacular day here on the First Coast. And uh, we've got the garage doors up. So it's an indoor-outdoor feel here at Island Wing Bartram. And we hope people come on by and hang out. Yeah, that's the easy thing to do right now. Beautiful weather. If you can knock off early, head on out. Uh, What will you all be getting into? We have Brett Hastings coming up, sports and courts to discuss the Brandon Miller situation, and certainly going to be interesting to hear it from the legal perspective. All of us obviously weigh in from the non-legal perspective with with just you know things that we've read in John Grisham books to throw out at it. Yeah. Uh, so certainly Brett Hastings will be much more helpful on that topic, and of course we'll review last night's college basketball game between Florida and Kentucky, and also discuss like y'all have uh, today. You know Billy Napier losing another assistant coach. He just um, he's seeing U-Hauls heading out of town. <laughs> Whoever the U-Haul guy that owns uh, that yeah. uh, U-Haul company in Gainesville, he's, it looks it looks like he's going to be busy. We'll, we'll see what happens. We'll see. You got All that right. right. All right, we'll enjoy it. We'll be listening. All right, thanks. All right, Lauren Brooks, Hayes Caroline, Frank Franchi, they're all at an Island Wing in the SJC in Durban. We've got a Bob Knight update. Uh-huh. Bob Knight has become a regular attendee at Indiana practice. There are photos. Because of course, Has he choked anyone. Well, because <laughs> because M- Mike Woodson is his guy. Yeah, how's and he look? So, uh, I mean, he looks he looks eighty three. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. I mean, he don't look that bad. He doesn't look that bad. But yeah, he's, he's, he's rocking some high socks. Yeah, that's allowed when you're in your eighties. You can wear those yeah. high socks yeah. for well, support. You do whatever you want. When you're I need all the support I could get. Yeah, I mean, he looks all right. He's sitting next to Mike. Yeah. Good. Good, good. All right, we, we are out of here. Don't forget, famous quick lube, Beach and Pinman tomorrow. We'd love to see you. Patrick Young will be dropping by in the 2 o'clock hour, which we're looking forward to saying hello to our, our, our former Gator and our Providence star. Uh, and then you can be a star. They always make you feel famous. Beach and Pinman, they will be cooking. You can drop on by. We'd love to see you at Sexel Primetime.